From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Thank you, Jane. Hello, everyone. I'm Adam, but you know me as the Dice Abide. I'm John, also known as Wise Kansai. And tonight, it's just us. Just just us again. Just us again. But that's totally fine. We're we're it's you, me, and the uh the paintbrush tonight. Mm-hmm. Sounds dirty. <laughs> gotta gotta yeah. clean that brush. All right. <laughs> Filthy brush. Uh John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh I am feeling a little under the weather, so I'm having a mix of ginger and lemon tea, and I threw a tea bag of Earl Grey to make some Tea, Earl Grey, hot. Oh, very nice. Uh, I'm having, so working on my, slowly drinking my six-pack of Acreseam, which is like my favorite beer from living in San Francisco. And I found some in New Seasons, so uh, pick some up. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Yep, still delicious. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's kick it off with the news. All right. So, uh, this is actually a mission of your design for Bromad Academy. Um, but oh, oh, yeah. So hi, hi ho solo, right? Oh, so the I idea like... is that you you take a uh, in whatever faction you play, be it vanilla or a sectoral, you take a solo heavy infantry. Um, ideally, it'd be one of the profiles that you don't normally take, right? Like the mobile brigada hacker by itself. But if you yeah. also want to just run a heavy infantry. Um, by itself, like I don't know, an orc HMG or something, then do that thing. Totally fine. Have a... Or like an or like the, the thing that I really want to see is people use like an orc boarding shotgun. Yeah, that like, too. It's actually a really reasonable attack piece that yep. gets totally overlooked. So yeah. So just try basically the, the the impetus is to try using a single HI in a way that you normally wouldn't, um, and just have it in a place on the board that your link team is not. And so that sounds pretty interesting. So I've done this a few times now. I'm pretty happy with it uh, just in general, because I play vanilla a lot. So this feels normal to me, but it may not feel yeah. normal to you. So give it a shot. Um, if you want to get some painting done, you can paint up a doctor or an engineer or a paramedic, anything with the medic gun counts. Um, yep. Send it in by the end of the quarter and we will put you into our pool of applicants to be judged, and we will award you fabulous prizes from Shiv Games and Monsters Makings and all kinds of other stuff. Um, yeah, and then we'll put you in the Rogues Gallery on BrumanAcademy.com to check it out. Um, the the rules are all there, but basically it's the usual, you know, send us a before photo and then send us four photos of your finished model. Um, nothing, nothing too shocking there or unusual. Um, let's see what else yep. we got going on. Uh, we've got some Infinity releases. To, to oh, yeah. throw Actually, money at. Um, I say before we get to those, yeah. there was some uh, a uh, there was a big kill team tournament that actually happened at Shiv Games recently. Right. Mm -hmm. They raised a uh, a stack of cash for RCGO, so Hooray. I just want to give them a, a big thanks. Um, and for anyone out there who hasn't heard of it yet, or first time maybe hearing it from me, uh, Rose City Game Organization is a nonprofit that I put together with a couple of their friends in the area, and we are raising funds to get games to the kids that need games good um <laughs> gotta work on my pitch yes you but, gotta work on your pitch i was gonna say right um but yeah so basically you're targeting uh, underserved communities and helping them get access to games which you know i think all of us here agree are yeah. actually like very useful educational tools sure absolutely uh, so speaking thank of... you kill team folks uh, speaking of tools that you can use for educating your opponent, I guess the 
There's, here's the Infinity releases you can pre-order now. Here so we go. go. Yeah, right there. Uh, the Stigmata tag is front and center. So there you've got you've got that. Um, we've yeah. heard some some pretty disgusting strategies that I'm excited to try out. Apparently, you can do it with an orphan that has a repeater, which leads to some uh, pretty awesome shenanigans you can do because the orphan has stealth, which is which is pretty. Oh, bad. So you can stealth walk the orphan into range and then mm-hmm. hack with and then her. lead hacks, lead hacks. Uh, then we've got the the new Oyoroi. If you don't have two, this is your chance to get a second one because you should be playing JSA with two Oyoroi. Is what we learned at the last. Uh, Randomless tournament at Shiv Games. That uh, Oyori—it blows my mind. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm gonna—I'm definitely getting it. I'm—I'm—I'm tempted. I'm, I'm like, like Obi sold his conversion of his Oyori and got two of these, and I don't think I'm gonna do that yet. But it's so rad. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm just gonna get. Yeah, I'm just gonna get this one, and then my old uh, limited edition one. It'll be a good match on the table. So yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like the koalas are there. We're pretty nice. They have the little fours painted on their head. I don't know why, but they're there. Uh, the new O12 Starmada kit is out, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we have some StarCraft II Marines. Oh, AKA my Patchers. God. I, I'm all over those. I'm I'm so happy that I'm playing Ariadna. Uh, I can't wait to get them. I'm actually considering getting two sets to convert up a set of diggers. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so cool. I mean, the thing is, they look so big to me that I felt like they should have been S, S, uh, was it five? Oh, sure. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they might be short and squat. It's hard to tell. They're not in reference to, you know, anything except for the base, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're they're on the big side even for Morats. <laughs> yeah, the Morats are also very large. Speaking of Morats, so those are the Rodox. Yeah, they are. Because um, the old Rodox are out of print. I still need to get a Rodox missile launcher somehow from the old set because I don't really need the new ones. But yeah, um, Rodox are so rad too. Yeah, the Rodox are pretty cool. Um, I probably should get back to CA at some point. But um, you may have seen that the Cyclone and the Lunacod Sputniks are uh, were on last call or last chance or whatever it's called in CB's web store. That's just because they're repacking them. Don't panic. There's a new Cyclone box or a Sputnik box that's coming out with all the things and the new Koala sculpts. So uh, if you're just getting into it and you you want the new Koalas, you can do that thing. Um, I'm sure there will be plenty of people looking to offload their old koalas if if if, if you're looking for the old ones. Uh, and then there's a G- JSA repack, so that rare Tacbo Ninja um, that's firing the bow is available now. So you can so, go buy that thing. Yeah, actually, the Lunacod pack I think is really cool. Um, it's you know it, it's something that veteran players don't need, but previously, if you wanted a Cyclone, it only came in a two pack with two Cyclones, and you never run two Cyclones. Um, you you rarely run two cyclones. Yeah, you probably. John don't. runs two cyclones. Like now, I have to. I've never done it, but now I have to. Is what I'm hearing. Ah, um, yeah. So I don't know. I think I think if you're a new nomad player, it's pretty rad to get one box with both type of attack promotes and be done. Yeah, um, for ninety percent of your list. Like you might you might play an odd list with a second Lunacod or a second cyclone. Unlikely, um, unlikely, given given current uh, meta, but yeah. Unlikely. They're easy enough to proxy as each other. Sure. You know, 90% of players couldn't look at those two and be like, oh, it's clearly the, the Lunacon on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then we've got a pile of bases. Yeah, the pile of bases. Yeah, the, the JSA. The, my only complaint about the JSA pack is that it's like reinforcing hard-to-play armies. Like people are gonna buy the the JSA starter pack, 
and then they're gonna buy this and they're like i'm ready to play jsa right <laughs> uh yeah i mean technically technically yeah. sure yeah and, but the cool thing is you can do double tackle ninjas out of the kit which is kind of yeah. handy that's pretty nice I haven't built the uh, the guy standing on the, like the, the dragon head thing yet. He's uh, I might have actually sold him to Mind Taker because I wasn't a huge. I didn't need one. I've got a bunch of extra ninjas anyway from the sure. sculpts, and he's fine. But that it, I, I started building it, and and I hate building models, and it was just like Ugh, I don't want to assemble this like triangle of dragon head. I'm done. So I just right. stopped. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you don't have those models, this is a great way to get them. And then, speaking of other models you can get, uh, there is the new Heavy Gear Blitz 3.1 Companion coming out. <gasps> yeah, I think that uh, that is slated to come out uh, soon, possibly this week. Yep. Um, and it is kind of a... It, I, I don't know if it's right to call it an expansion, but it's like a bunch of uh, additional rules that uh, Rooster's kind of been working on and developing. Um, there's some league rules in there. There's some alpha rules for you know things that they're testing for 3.2 they want to get some feedback on um it's kind of it's it's different than you would normally expect like a, a game rule expansion to, to feel like mm-hmm. um instead it's more it's more of a conversation which is interesting mm. well like here's some here's some things that we want to try uh what's cool is there's a bunch of capri stuff to get excited about so yes those are those Lots are things that stuff. uh will be fun to try out i have i have missed my spider bots so I need to do that thing. More spider bots. Um, and actually, there's a, a little bit of news for uh, the Rose City Raid missions. Indeed. We should talk about that really quickly. Yep. Um, so we changed, uh, we tweaked Last Resort after some more player feedback. Um, and it basically just has to do with cleaning up the verbiage so that it works as intended. Um, Technically, you can never score on turn three if the civilian was in um, Kazavak, if they were stunned, because stunned is automatically removed during the states phase. Um, and Kazavak is automatically canceled if the model recovers from stunned. Mm-hmm. So that was one issue. There was also some shenanigans where uh, previously you could only attack the civilian when it was synced, or the, uh, the designated target when it was synced. But what that led people to doing is grabbing the civilian, dropping it in their deployment zone on turn one, and then you could do nothing about it. And then turn three, they just pick it up and score three points. Um, and then there was also some, it was unclear if the discover plus three from special master would stack the fire team bonuses. Um, so the short of it is we got rid of the, um, the Kazavak no longer automatically being canceled if it recovers from whatever state it was in. Um, which also removes like some weird shenanigans where you could medicate an unconscious, uh, you, you know, you could medicate the designated target that you're trying to kill. that's unconscious. And then it didn't matter if you passed or failed, because if you failed, you killed it. You stopped them from scoring it. And if you passed, they would recover from unconscious, which automatically canceled Kazavak and stopped them from scoring it. So that whole line was causing way more problems than it was solving. Um, so we're just deleting that for the mission. Um, and then we're also saying that the designated target can be attacked anytime after it's revealed, not just if it's in the Kazavak state. So you need it's a little bit more difficult to uh, extract. You need to have a real plan for it, and you also can't do any weird shenanigans like voluntarily canceling the state to make it invulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we clarified that Discover Plus 3 does stack with other bonuses, 
such as fire teams, but it does not stack with other instances of Discover Plus X. Yeah. So if you have it on your base profile, you don't get it. Yeah, correct. And that you know, it really comes up because the the fire team composition bonus isn't discover plus three. It is plus three to discover roles. It's a semantic difference, but but it matters. But it matters. Yeah. Um. One other change that we did do. I don't know if you've captured it here, but it is captured in the, uh, um, in the in the Google Doc is blockade runner. Uh, I've heard a lot of belly aching from Ariadna players who can't lead hacks the consoles. Um, uh, so I know one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you <laughs> you basically get to total control the console from the center objective. Oh, I see. So you can, if you get in contact with a, with a specialist, you already want to be there anyway because you have to hold it to get points. So you can walk up and beep boop it, and then basically cast total control as a as a spell, right? Sort of. So even okay. if you don't have it in your spell book, so to speak, I don't know. Hopefully no, that no, makes sense. That's fine. Yeah. Let's um yeah, let's just make sure we update it on the uh the dice of side because that's why I'm voting everyone. Yep, yep. So cool. That's the thing. Uh back to back to Minis news. Uh, yeah. we've also got uh these this uh Vevictus miniatures set. Yeah, so I found it I found a new Patreon that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll support it for a couple months. Um but they're some pretty rad fantasy models. And they definitely have a strong Mordheim bend to them. Um, kind of with all this talk of the old world, uh, GW bringing back the old world, it kind of had me looking more into Mordheim again, which was such a damn good game. Mm. Uh, the problem is you can't get the miniatures for it. so You need to have something to print, basically. Yeah, and there's actually a pretty... There's a very large and active Mordheim community still um, that has kept the rules up to date and clarified and nice... Uh, and kind of like with uh, like Warmaster Revolution, right? Yeah, uh, sure. So I've kind of been eyeballing like getting a hardbound copy of the the rules printed for that too, just because it's cool. I like more time. Mm-hmm. Then what we got next? We got some Punga minis. Yes, round yeah. two of the yeah. Infernal Forks, the Chaos Halflings. That's pretty rad. <laughs> They're so cool. And halflings are amazing. Chaos Halflings even better. It's pretty rad. Um, just a quick reminder about some DreamPod 9 stuff we almost forgot to mention, which is that uh, the uh, the Kickstarter is still going, right? So we've got 11 yeah. days to go. Um, they've passed, they've basically almost doubled their goal, right? Yeah. Uh, so they're doing great. Um, but you can get a, either a PDF copy or a hard copy of the book. Uh, it's going to be like a whopping 400 pages or something, right? It's um, huge. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, there's some posts complaining about the price, but I don't think they realize like it's a phone book of rules. Yeah. Um, and, and art you're going to get, you can, you can, you know, if, if any of your players give you problems, you can just drop a phone book of art on them. Be like, here you go. Yeah. Right. Enjoy. Yeah. It's 400 something pages. It's, it's, it's monstrous. Um, it was actually, they originally weren't even going to offer the print, mm-hmm. on, but I, I, you know, it, people want print. So like, okay, well, I guess you can have this fat pile of rules if you want them. And, you know, a lot of those rules are really, they're not taken up by the rules of the game. The rules of the game are actually seemingly pretty straightforward. Sure. Um, But it's a lot of lore and it's a lot of like going back and covering like every gear that ever existed, basically. Um, There's a lot of, a lot of additional profiles, a lot of uh, background of the different gears. Um, So that, that takes pages. And art. 
lots of them and art but uh that's it for the news i think all right what what toys you've been working on john which means it's hobby time um so i recently got a shipment from brutal cities uh i paid for this it was not part of the sponsorship but uh i'm making a new table uh so well i guess sort of a new table so those of you who have seen the mega ariadna table um it's three tables mashed together let me see if i can find a picture as i'm talking um, but oh, yeah. basically, the idea is that, uh, let's see, what would I have played? I don't actually know. But um, it starts with it starts with the airplane crash table, then goes to a table with minefields and barbed wire um, and like a bunch of like gatehouses and stuff to represent the, gate, the base perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it transitions into uh, what we call the Mount Doom table, which is kind of like the... Um, what do you call it? The Cheyenne, uh, Cheyenne Mountain Complex. Yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like, deal. This yeah, like, big, like a massive underground. Yeah, it was like a big freaking vault door, and and you know that's that's where uh, you you go into the underground layer, so to speak. And there's actually like a big um, mountain side that's embedded into that you can climb up on top of in the game. Well, mm-hmm. when I when I was developing this table, I actually bought four mats for it. So there's a fourth table that was supposed to slot in between Mount Doom and the gates. And oh. that is actually going to be um, a sort of like motor pool air base type table. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm going to use the, the Warsenal Comanche um, helipad. I have the helipad from uh, Death Ray Designs, right? From their okay. new series line. Um, yeah. And then I bought a bunch of those um, like McFarlane toys. Or was it McFar- is, oh, do know. those come in? How, how, how I do think, they look? I haven't, I haven't got a chance to unbox them yet. I unboxed the, uh, the Emperor Zerg Buzz Lightyear ones. They're very purple. Um, they probably sure. need to be <laughs> painted a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with all of those things. Uh, yeah, I, it's funny. Like a bunch of that Buzz Lightyear stuff, you know, like a, yeah. a movie fails. So all the toys are like super discounted. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I picked up a handful. Oh, sorry, that was for um, for Avatar. Same. Yeah, their toys have not been successful. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, I picked up um, uh, like three, I think, of the the crab rem- drone, the crab vehicles mm-hmm. from Avatar to add to my uh, my um, Veruna table. And then That's I picked one. up a bunch of. Yeah, I picked up a bunch of the. They have like a big like van uh, from Buzz Lightyear. Which was also on on sale because of not doing well. Um, but I picked up a bunch of these vans because they sad, fit. But true. Yeah, they fit great on the the city table, and they're they're like a big military van, so they're much bigger than the civilian vehicles. So they give a little sure, bit better sure. line of sight blocking. Okay, so this is this is what I picked up. I haven't opened the box yet. I haven't had time, but this is going to go on the table. Um, I also have these. Uh, so scale wise, the guy who's in that cockpit yeah. is um like, like an inch and a quarter, inch and a half. Mm-hmm. So right at right at about infinity scale, right? Yeah. An inch and a quarter would be 32 millimeters. And then the uh Buzz Lightyear Zerg spaceship thing. So I'll probably Perfect. end up uh priming that and then painting over it again because it's a You little... know what you could do if you yeah. if you don't mind the purple, right? You can actually modulate it with spray paint and it'll bring down the tone quite a bit. I I do mind the purple. I have okay. plans for this. So this table, I'm actually I've got two tables in mind. 
we can talk about that, I guess, as we get into the painting stuff. But yeah, so this yeah. is what I've been working on. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take this and also uh, a bunch of those uh, soda can tables. Oh, the um, who made the like the Promethium tanks? Yeah, uh, the it's uh, they're a company called Ironheart Artisans. There you go. Thank you. Um, and so they they make a ton of stuff, but I have their their organizers, but also their terrain. So I, I bought some of these. Um, uh, let's see, sci-fi. There we go. Yeah, so I bought some of these. Um, come on, I believe in you. Yeah, these things. So they're basically oh, cool. just just soda cans that you put MDF on to make it look cool yep. uh, and become terrain. So I'm gonna use the uh, the walls from Brutal Cities and these uh, fuel t as uh, these like Ironheart Artisan fuel tanks as like a table, right? So it's gonna be an airbase okay. with like a bunch of jet fuel, um, and the walls are sort of there to help contain, you know any spills or whatever, and sure. like, you know, keep security, base security or whatever. Uh, and then I'll have some like landed VTOLs and stuff to, to sort of give it some more character. Um, and then one of the things that you can do with the, um, with the brutal cities terrain that you probably see if this will show up. Is... Perfect. Yeah. So what you can do is you can do this where they have, they have two versions of the walls, one that's like normal, and one that is broken and removable. So you can like mm -hmm. break the wall open. So um, the, the table will be characterized by destructible terrain where you can like open up new avenues of advance if your dude has a decharge, right? Oh, sure. You can kind of treat it like Zelda, right? Like that yep. wall has a crack in it. Yep. yep, exactly, right? So you just break the wall down and that lets you in a different part of the table. And then finally, uh, what I want to do is we've been discussing this online, but I think it'd be really cool to introduce a new type of hazard to the table, which is uh, if you are using one of these fuel tanks for cover and you get crit, uh, the additional hit is a light rocket launcher hit. So yeah. it will generate a circular template of fire or continuous damage centered on you, right? Uh, but only That's if awesome. you get crit, right? And that replaces the, the, uh, the additional hit that you would normally roll for. Yeah, yeah. That's really fun. I like the idea of using a crit mechanic in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we went back and forth on a couple of different ideas, one of which was like if you roll a 20 and stuff, but then like you have to remember what number it is. But So we figured just crit, crit is more fun anyway. And it yeah. doesn't really significantly change things because in some cases that actually may make it worse, right, for the targeted model. In some cases it might make it better, unclear, right? But I, I, I feel like you it's... you definitely don't want to bunch up behind yeah, some experience. Yeah, so I mean, I, it's definitely like shoot the red barrel from Half-Life kind of deal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, Oh, that'd be really funny to put some red barrels on the table. Yeah, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm so gonna, you could yeah. make them destructible terrain. Yeah, exactly, right? And just like, I, I, have, I have a bunch of Warsenal pallets in one of these cabinets somewhere that I can like <sighs> put little barrels on and then like make another one with some barrels that are like are cut up and all blasted out and you can just replace I wanna it. I want to do that. Right? So, but anyway, you've been up that. to stuff too. Tell me about this. So I've, 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 I've gotten a few things done. So, um... I got a, uh, a Merovingia starter pack from Brody. I traded some, uh, give Brody my old Shazvasi sculpts. Um, and in exchange, Brody gave me some Merovingia. Uh, and then, so the hardest thing part to get for Merovingia is the brisk cards. Sure. Um, <clears throat> they just don't exist. Mm -hmm. And 
I found somebody online who was looking for some patches, and I happened to have uh, a, a not super rare, but fairly rare enough patch uh, that they were willing to trade me a brand new box of discards for my patch. Hey. So I happily did that. Very nice. Did you get um, the HRL? I've already I've had the HRL for quite a while. I okay. managed to find that. Um, Got it. So the only the only friend the only models I'm missing out of the line I don't really feel like I need to go get like I'm I have the the para HMG but I don't have the grenade launcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't you know neither one of them are legal profiles anymore. Yeah. And there's a new para model, mm-hmm. so I'm not in a rush to go get that. You know I don't need to go they get the old sewers. Cool, they are cool. They're really cool. Um, the one dragging is the grenade launcher. Great, is grand. Dragging his, his yeah his old yeah. Guy, yeah. Um, or you know I don't feel like I need to go rush out and find old chasseurs, right? Like new chasseur sculpt is fine. Yeah, I've uh, actually got a million chasseur uh, alternate sculpts for chasseurs because I oh right from hassle free from hassle free I was really excited to use the chasseur sniper rifle and they took it away from me. Ooh. <sighs> Ooh. Um, Very sad. But they yeah, also took the sass sniper away. I know. It's all about the fox run, I guess. And the Paracommando sniper. Yeah, and that's like the worst model of the bunch, too. I know. <laughs> and they, uh, they, anyway. Well, so the cool thing is, I Grognard bitterness aside. Right. I'm now basically, um, I'm effectively fa- faction complete for Merovingia. I can play all of Merovingia, mm-hmm. um, which puts me at basically faction complete for Ariadna. Mm-hmm. Which I'm quite happy about. I don't have any Catarans. I had some old ones. I can't remember what I did with them. Um, but they've announced that they're coming out with a new one, so I'm not in a huge rush. Yeah, and like any generic sniper rifle will be fine. Yeah, and then I think the only other thing I'm missing from the vanilla list is Monstruckers. You have a... Oh, wait, no, I have the Dawnstrucker. That's right. Nope. Boom. I can delete that from my list. Yep. Excellent. Never mind. So, yeah, I have all of Vanilla Ariadna. Perfect. The John Strucker. How did I, man? I apologize, John. I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. All right. So what else? So, uh, Judge Dread is is a something I've loved for quite a long time. Obi and I used to play the previous edition of the rules that were published by Mongoose Games. Um, It has since been picked up and published in a new form, a totally different format, uh, by Warlord Games. And there are a bunch of people getting into it at Shiv Games. So I got suckered in to uh, to you know, suckered in wholly voluntarily uh, to playing. And yeah, so I, I decided to do the uh, the rate, you know, the mutant raiders coming in from the from the wastes to take whatever they can get. Um, their stick is that everybody has to have some sort of ele- form of like elevated movement because uh, they have to get over the walls. So they have sky bikes, sky cycles, sky boards, jet packs, all kinds of fun stuff. And I've been, you know, converting them, making them more hunched, you know, more, more hunched backs. I've got a couple extra legs. I'm going to give some. What's the, what's the dude in the front, right? What, what's his deal in the front, right? He's just a, a, a big one <laughs> with a, with a machine gun and a jet pack. Oh, he's got a jet pack. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the front, right and front left both have jet packs on. Got it. You can't really see. You can also get like a, like the cheapest form of movement for them. You can buy as a glider. Mm. So I kind of want to have somebody on a hang glider just diving in with some grenades or something. That's pretty funny. Right. 
I mean, it's a great setting. Just swoop, just so, swooping over, right? That'd be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very nice. Uh, the, the the big guy with the sidecar is also really fun. All right, and then uh, I assembled a couple of things for, actually, the last couple of bits for my new coal. Are those uh, espions? Those are espions on top. Nice. Um, I kind of kept the, uh, I tried to keep the new coal pretty small, because especially compared to yeah, North the, and South. The rest of your stuff. Yeah. Um, but I really like Espeon. The models are rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the I models two, are really cool. Yeah. I built two with um, medium rotary lasers and then two of them with uh, light particle accelerators. Yeah, that's the correct profiles, I think. Right. And then uh, underneath, I've got uh, the, the Crossier. Um, built two with rifles, two with shotguns. I feel like the, the heavy rifle and heavy shotgun are the, the correct profiles again for them. Yep. Um, built one with a medium grenade launcher. I kind of want to start toying with medi- with grenade launchers a bit. Yeah, uh, I was pretty happy with my brief stint with them in Eden. They did yeah. some work. I want I want to start trying to get um get those uh you know two d six secondaries. Um, sure. And then for the hell of it, I built one with the uh, the anti air medium auto cannon just because the the part looks super rad. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean the anti air stuff always looks really cool. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of talking with uh with Rooster and Nick a little bit about. Maybe you know, an, uh, a change to explore maybe in 3.2 is to turn the light and medium, the AA upgrade, mm-hmm. and you add it to a light or medium auto cannon to let you change it to a rotary cannon. Mm-hmm. So the rotary cannons, the modern rotary cannon rules are actually, sorry, yeah, developed from the anti-aircraft cannons before. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the translation, this became an auto cannon instead of a rotary cannon. So be fun to fix that. It might be useful. I don't know. The model looked rad. Yep. So I made it. Very cool. Yeah. And then here we are. So I painted my ants. Um, I painted a, a Lord of the Rings, a full army of Lord of the Rings. I haven't had a full army for just about anything painted in a long time, but it helps that it's only, you know, seven models. Yep. Um, but really the reason why I, I dove in on these guys is to start getting a hand for the express paints, which is what we're here to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to have a canvas that I could really experiment with all kinds of different techniques on and anything organic is inherently much more forgiving for that than something with rigid armor plates. Um, so here I was able to, to play a lot with, uh, with basically controlling my contrast and my tones. And I'm really happy with the effects. So yeah, we've got Treebeard with the two halflings riding on top. One of my converted ants uh, on the right next to him. Um, yeah, these two were the were the bigger conversions. Uh, so the one on the left is, oh man, I'm totally uh, quick beam. Can't remember the name of the the ant that gets lit on fire by um, the urukai, but he's the one that drives all the other ants into a frenzy right. to attack. And he has rules in the game, but not for being lit on fire in the game, which is a, a tragedy. Um, oh, that's that is a tragedy, right? But he's described in the books um, by uh, I think Mary uh, as a more a stately, more gentlemanly young ent. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give him like the nice big mustache and, mm-hmm. and you know very trimmed goatee um, while running it on fire. And then the one to the right is actually the 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 plastic ant kit is really flexible, but they all kind of end up looking very the same. So I went and looked at some of um, 
Weta's concept art for the Ents from the movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, to find some Ents that weren't represented by GW miniatures. And I found this really knobbly, like, kind of dopey, round-bottomed Ent um, that I went and, and basically sculpted. Um, so, yeah, I, the, the facial expression. He had, like, this pained facial expression that I wanted to totally steal. Um and the arms that I noticed that the arms of it were gangly, so I could just I wouldn't have to convert the arms, just mm-hmm. give it this big fat body. Um, and that's all epoxy sculpting green stuff. And then to give it a little bit of extra texture, I used uh, actually some GW texture paints. Oh, so the, okay. The crackling paint is really good if you want to give it a bark texture. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And then the they're more sandy texture paints are good for just adding, you know, just a little bit of grit and roughness to areas sure, or. Sure. Uh, Moss. Well, so there, you, there, there's an answer to Kill Panic's question. These are not entirely painted with Express Color. There's some texture paints well, so in actually there. Actually, the, the surface. So yeah, these really quickly. So all those texture paints were actually done underneath the primer. Mm-hmm. So I just use. I actually used the texture paints as a sculpting tool. Um, these were all painted with Express Paints um, and uh, this one Vallejo Ivory, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Okay. That's it. So, so all the hobby stuff. Whew. All the hobby stuff. A mouthful before we get on to, to more hobby stuff. Don, mm-hmm. um, you read any good books? Watch any good movies? Uh, not recently. I've well, actually no, that's not true. Um, <laughs> I actually can recommend the Murderbot Diaries. The Murderbot Diaries. Yes. So. Yeah, I love the name. Uh, so the first book I'm looking it up now is is uh, all systems red. So okay. There we go. Yeah. So so basically, um, you can kind of I guess probably the easiest way to describe it, if in infinity terms, is like you're yeah, uh, you're like a post-human kind of deal, right? So the but uh, in this universe, the you're uh, like the the lowest body is a amalgam of cyborg. It's a cyborg, right? So okay. it's got it's got uh, metal parts and then a bunch of like vat grown tissue, um, sure. and it is a completely artificial construct. Like you you make them and you buy them, and they're used pretty much entirely for. Uh, they're called sec units, like security unit, um, and they're used entirely for like security things. Like if you're going to I don't know, exploring a new planet and you're worried that you might get eaten by the local fauna. You take one of these things that's got plasma casters in its arms and can carry guns and is like good at punching stuff. Um, and the entire series is, is told from the perspective of one of these units who has disabled its governor module. Um, huh. So normally the humans would control uh, and influence the behavior of these robots by interacting with the governor module. Uh, which actually causes pain to them. And so um, it's this exploration of uh, humanity as portrayed by a non-human but very human observer, right? Mm-hmm. Like okay. it's kind of like a, like it kind of has the emotional intelligence of a child, but the the grown up jadedness of a, like a, like a noir detective gumshoe, right? Oh, like, funny. 
glommed together. Uh, it's it's very well written. Um, I think the first one won a Hugo. Uh, yeah, so it received the, received the Hugo Nebula and Locus Awards, right, for the first book. And the rest of the books are fantastic. Uh, it goes by real quick. It's available on um, uh, Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a membership, you just like can nuke most of the series for free, um, which is what I did because I needed to survive a, a trip with small children. Uh, and uh, it was... It was important to me that I I uh, had some downtime in a, a fun way of doing. It. Yeah, also Audible too. You can do that. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And then uh, I also read uh, Land and Sea. Is that what it's called? Gosh, it's been a while since I uh, Land and Sea book. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, so this is. A, uh, it's written by one of the designers of Battletech. Um, so that should tell you about the contents. Okay. Yeah. So here's here's a here's an image of it, right? So this is book two, and basically uh, the I, I think well maybe it's not written by, but it's definitely this the, the one of the Battletech designers involved. Like that could be a inter Intersphere Mac, right? Um, yeah, hundred percent. And and basically the the gist of it, it's Pacific Rim. I've just explained it, <laughs> right? <laughs> so if you if you like Pacific Rim and you want to read it in novel form, um, then go look at Land and Sea, uh, designed by Brent Evans and written by Blaine Lee Pardo. So it was uh it was pretty fucking cool. Uh, I I enjoyed it. There were lots of uh, lots of lots of fun uh, monster designs. Because it's it's not Pacific Rim in the sense that there's like mega kaiju, it's Pacific Rim. Although there are some, uh, it is Pacific Rim in the sense that like there's like weird undersea creatures that like are all gribbly and then attack, and then it's like infantry people, and like um, I guess uh, like ten feet tall mecha, right? Not like oh okay, right? So you're like in a suit, but the suit is like like your your legs go into the thigh of the suit, right? Yeah, like that yeah. kind of size. Um, and so it's not like mega mech, but, uh, it is, it is a pretty good time. But yeah, so that's what I've been, that's what I've been reading. Well, super fun. I, I went and saw the Mario movie. Nice. Um, and I'm glad that I took a six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a lot. Okay. Um, I would say that if you are capable of watching the new, the new Avatar movie, then you are capable of watching the Mario movie. Uh, like, don't don't pay attention to to the story. Don't ask questions of the story, and it'll it's it's silly and it's fun. The only actually, I would say the 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 thing that I liked the most, which also bummed me out the most, is to me it kind of felt like the only person really trying was Jack Black, um, which actually made he made Bowser like really fun and, and amusing. Um, but he generally brings that to all of his right. roles. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, Bowser was actually the character that I was the most interested in for the whole movie. It was definitely the most interesting character overall. Uh, but yeah, it was fine. So, the, so, was so Frank says it's a good video game movie, but is it as good as the street fighter movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme? <laughs> Nothing is. I don't even know if it's as good as the other Mario movie. <laughs> So. Excellent. Uh, I, I'm I haven't seen it, but everybody that has seen the D and D movie has said it's been good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. 
So I guess that's on my to-do list. Also, John Wick is out, so that's a thing that I need to go see at some point, too. Um, yep. Goodness, I don't know when, though, but that's a thing. Yeah, so like, are we gonna are we have to mandate that one? Because right, Lauren's not gonna go watch that. <laughs> not gonna go want to go watch that with me. I mean, Sharon wants to go watch it, so oh, we'll have to figure something out. But I, who's Sharon? To, yeah, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's that's it for media recommendation. I I just been uh, after getting back from that trip with the kids. I like was just so fried. I forgot I read seven books while I was there. Um, just like. They're, they wouldn't let me sleep because it was one of those things where uh, I had to um, contact sleep them so they would actually fall asleep. Oh, so geez. I was just like on the couch in the hotel, like with a kid on me, just like patting him while he was screaming in my face and like playing their favorite lullaby uh, <laughs> on my on Spotify while like reading a book. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just read some good sci-fi. Were you able to get out of the hotel? We did get out of the hotel. I mean, the whole purpose was to visit the in-laws, right? So we. we I know, but that, that weather was disagreeing. Uh, that was like, uh, so yeah, it was also a crazy, crazy like two-inch hail, uh, weather for a brief period. But you know, it's it's Texas, so it was like mega hail for forty-five minutes, and then sunny. <laughs> well, so. Kill Panic says the new D and D movie is almost as good as the nineteen ninety-nine Mummy or uh, wow. Indiana Jones. Wow, that's that. Them's fighting words. Wow, that's that's wow. Okay, all right, fair enough. The 1999 mummy, the OG mummy, like not wow. not. I'll give you Scorpion King, but I'll have to I'll have to watch it. I got to see it. It's on the list. All right, well that does bumped it up in my priority list for sure. The mummy holds a special place in my heart. Right. But oh man, yeah. Okay, well, um, last bit before we get into painting, <laughs> Scorpion King is unwatchable. You take that back. Um. So how many games that you've uh, you got in recently? Uh, I did play a game versus Eric. We were practicing for the upcoming Mind Taker tournament. We played Engineering Deck 2.0, um, and I played Bakunin versus his um, versus his uh, combined. Didn't go too well for okay. me, um, mostly because I was a little too chicken shit to just walk Pywell out in front of um, Sargosh. Oh um, sure. Yeah, and and I didn't really wasn't really thinking about it because Pywell is next six, right? Yeah. Uh, and I was in cover, and I was outside of sixteen, so I was next twelveing Sargosh, and he's BS twelve, so he can't hit anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. But like I moved, I was I was trying to kill uh, motorized bounty hunter at ten inches with Pywell, and I moved into position to do that, and Eric was like, "Oh, Sargosh can see this," and I was like fudge <laughs> oh sargash is msv1 but nevertheless right so like so so that that brings it down to to he's threes. on threes so yeah. still still very very survivable right um but yeah i was just like i was just like oh gosh and so i spent like three orders trying to dodge Pywell, which was like fizz 10 and it just like <laughs> didn't work and i almost got everything i needed to get done done but then it took like one too many orders to try to take out a Dadarazi, and that was the end of it. Although I did get to fight a Dadarazi with a Chimera, that was fun. <laughs> well done. I walk, I walk, I walk the Chimera into base with uh, the Dadarazi, and Eric goes, "Which one's the active one?" I'm like, "You tell me." <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "I will, I will attack you with the one that you're not, you're not attacking." And he's like, "No." 
That's funny. Yeah. So he was like, "This is some, this is some bullshit." But Chimera are pretty much bullshit, so it's all good. Wait, is that how? Yeah, because you don't you. Yeah, it's not like a fire team where you pick which model is the lead at the first yeah, order. Right. I walk in, and then you tell me what you want to do. Because because I can walk into base to base with if I have the full Chimera Pupnik situation, I can base four models independently, right? And yeah, and swing on all of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, Right, and Eric was like, "This is some bullshit." I was like, "Hey, I didn't make the rules." <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me. I'm just the messenger. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh man, uh, so I got to play a game of uh, Middle Earth strategy battle game with Ooh, Jeff. How did that go? Uh, so it's interesting because the game is very much um, a like previous generation Games Workshop game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my first impression was that. Uh, parts of the game are heavily oversimplified um and so like combat between like regular troops is like we both roll a dice whoever rolls highest wins the fight okay if i have one dice and you have one dice whoever rolls highest wins the fight um if it's a tie it goes to their fight value so your fight value is your just your tiebreaker for that um oh i see okay so you know if if one group of model if a model has like five attacks and another model has four attacks you roll your dice. If you both roll sixes, at least one six, um, you then go to your fight values. So, so the like burst, the, the burst doesn't actually matter. It's just more chances to roll a six. Basically. Okay. Um, it's not going to increase the number of hits you do, but what the, what the rules are really doing is they're making the combat between regular troopers kind of not move much. So you can think of it like an old, like a total war game, mm-hmm. right? Where like the 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 two blocks mash, mm-hmm. right? And then they're gonna grind away at each other for a while. Yeah. Uh, unless one is exceptionally better than the other one, they're just gonna grind at each other. Um, but the the interesting part is the game is really designed to make the heroes influential. Mm. So the heroes are gonna go in and do their heroic combat maneuvers. And so in my game, it was uh, literally just Treebeard against like ten or so Easterlings. Okay. Um, <laughs> Right there's Jeff, <laughs> and um, the you know Treebeard has like a fight value of eight, and I think the Easterlings were at like four or five. Okay. So we rolled dice, and as long as I'm rolling six, I was squashing them. But the you know Treebeard has like a special heroic attack where um, he picks a model in base contact with him and uses that model to smack every other model in base contact. With him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just Treebeard or all Ents? Just Treebeard. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, like, other Ents can do, like, a sweeping attack and hit multiple models, but sure. but Treebeard, like, is like you and just picks them up and wham, 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 wham. That's um, amazing. Right? But so what it does is it it makes you not want to... Uh, it, it makes you want to hero hammer, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't want to necessarily, like spam all the cheapest things you can to cover the table and goblins because they're not going to do anything right they're just going to meet more other enemy troopers and not accomplish anything um you really need to take heroes and figure out how to strategically use them so it feels very cinematic like that right like nobody yeah. cares about the inconsequential you know elves fighting urukai or whatever yeah, yeah. it's literally the same you know 10 actors that have been digitally copy pasted anyway yeah yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> um so I think from that regard, from like a game design perspective, it's kind of, it's pretty unique. Um, 
and in a lot of ways, like the opposite of what GW has tried to do with games, where like old editions of Warhammer were very hero hammery. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's like, but what about all these, you know, hundreds of troops that I painted? And they're like, fine, we'll make them usable. But this, you know, Middle Earth is like, nope, heroes rock, uh, but they don't have enough bodies to score objectives. Mm. So that's going to be one of the other cool things you can do in Middle Earth that we didn't get an opportunity to do is when you shoot somebody on a horse. Okay. Um, to randomize if you hit the horse or hit the rider. Oh, okay. Hit the horse. You replace the you replace the cavalry unit with a warrior on foot. Oh, that makes sense. Right, but like, what 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 game does that? Like, no games do that. That's <laughs> um, pretty so cool. Just kind of an, yeah, kind of an amusing aside, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right. Well, uh, speaking of of Jeff and Shiv Games, it's time for our Shiv Games sponsorship. Hey. Um, so. Sh- Shiv Games, the uh, the number one game store in Kaiser, Oregon, um, at least sorted alphabetically. Uh, this week from Shiv Games, we have um, a coupon code for ten percent off the Army Mega Painter set two yes. So if Army you set. if you want to get that, uh, if you want to get ten percent off that set, get the coupon code. You have to type the following: John is insane for not thinking Moonstone is an amazing game. I'll repeat again. John is insane for not thinking Moonstone is an amazing game. So. Yep, type that into the chat. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you'll get uh, 10% off the Army Mega Paint. Sorry, is the, is the Army Painter Speed Paint Mega Paint Set yep. 2.0. It's a long name. Um, and yeah, so 10% off that set brings it down like 20 bucks, I think, which is pretty pretty reasonable. And I think it's also like on top of Jeff's already discounted prices um yeah pretty cool and then mm-hmm. oh yeah so the <laughs> i don't know jeff is here jeff are we supposed to give the code out to everyone or yes, just we the people? Were. So, i was just i just wanted oh, to okay. honor honor his honor his request so oh, the right, code right, is right. the code is wrong paints yep all one word no no there we go all one word, no apostrophe, no, not that you should have put yeah. an apostrophe, but yep, type in uh, wrong paints as a coupon code on eBay when you've added the uh, Army Painter Mega Paint Set 2.0 from Shiv Games web store to your cart and get 10% off. So Yay. cool. Paint some stuff and there's speed paint. So paint the things faster. Um, awesome. Well, I know this is very confusing. You don't need to type anymore, Frank. You're all done. <laughs> no more typing, Actually, Frank. Frank is done. You just need to type in wrong paints. On, on the eBay store. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Shiv Games, and uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. So it's time to do our, 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 our hobby time. We have not done something like this before. It took, <laughs> it took quite a bit of work. I, I got out my DSLR camera. I had to find, like, because my camera's old, had to find, like, some, uh, not fan, but some aftermarket custom firmware they've been made for it to allow me to use the video mode in a way that I could try to paint models and share them with you guys. So um, I'm going to chill and kind of talk about these express paints as I go along. I'm working on a moon. So minutes right now, one of my gnomes. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. So while you get while you get yourself settled, uh, we did ask for a bunch of uh, questions for tonight's stream. And of course, if you're yeah. in chat, feel free to fire questions at us. 
Um, I'll just sort of go in no particular order, just in terms of uh, what I'm looking at in Discord first. Um, so we have a question from Tim, aka Chainsaw. What new game coming up are you most excited for that isn't one of your regulars? Um, my mm -hmm. answer is Obsidian Protocol. Oh, sure, sure. Because that looks awesome. It is all the armored core itches scratched. Um, I And to answer Frank's question, I don't know. I haven't really looked at it. I'm just excited to do the thing. Um, I haven't really paid any attention to it other than I saw Sweet Max and I was like, I don't care. Here's my wallet. Go. Um, I think probably really cool. the boxy guys. I think I like the boxy guys. Are there non-boxy guys? There are angular guys and droney curve 90 guys, apparently. But I like the boxy guys. Oh. Tri Triangle boys are the best faction. Yeah. I mean, like, clearly, clearly we know what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, they're they're dope. I'm I'm very excited to... Uh, to play some to play some obsidian protocol uh, Frank has promised to teach me on the internets and so we'll probably stream some of that uh, or post it to YouTube so if you can't catch because we'll stream at like a random ass hour like 11 p.m Pacific time or something where everybody's asleep and Frank really should be asleep um, right and so I will I will uh, post it all on YouTube when we're done um, so you can at least see what we think and how we learn and listen to Frank swear at me about how bad I am uh, Beating him, presumably. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 what I'm excited about. What about you? What are you excited about? That's uh, so, out of your. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to to play some Judge Red. I'll be honest. Um, I yeah. don't know, like, it's not a new game. It's already out, but it's new to me. Um, I just love the Dread setting. Sure. Uh, so that's that's always going to excite me. Fun models to convert. I'm really enjoying this kind of wave of games with extremely low model counts. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you almost got me with the, uh, with the uh, Lord of the Rings Nazgul, right? You yeah, almost right. almost got me, but then I was like, I have to build a dragon. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I want to build a dragon. Oh, that one's pretty quick to build too. Yeah, I'm sure. But I just, I have so much, I have so much terrain to repair. Not much is like much less assemble. What is my least favorite faction to play for Infinity? That's a question from Alex. Oh, goodness. What's my least favorite faction to play? That's a tough one, because I actually genuinely enjoy most of the things. Um, it's hard. Okay, so this is kind of a weird statement, because I have not played Cosmoflot, um, but I don't want to. And I'm not particularly excited I'm in the same about boat. it. Like it's there's nothing wrong with with Cosmoflot. I don't I don't think it's like an underpowered sectoral or anything. I just think it's kind of boring, right? There's a, there's a couple ways to play. Um, I mean, if you look at all my battle reports versus King Butt, who's doing obviously very well in the global ranking, um, he plays the Rokot plus uh, Vokalak missile launcher, um, and then like the unknown. He's got a sick Harris. This is a, it's the unknown ranger, uh, the the AP Spitfire one, obviously. Um, the uh, Patcher with the Vulcan Shotgun plus one burst, and then like a Rando Varangian, pick your pick your favorite. Um, and that is amazing because you have smoke built in for the MSV-1 that the Unknown Ranger has, uh, and then the Patcher is just like an absolute monstrosity up close because you could just like dump all kinds of gross templates on you or just like hit you a bunch with AP slugs. That's, that's terrible. Um, but like, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's not fun to play against, right? Like, yeah. uh, it's not to say that I didn't enjoy Steve as an opponent, but like, it was not, 
Like he's just like, all right, if I don't kill the thing that's totally immune, I'm very sad, right? Sure, sure. And like it, I didn't, so so now I can't go anywhere. Okay, cool, right? Um, yeah, I mean it's a great it's a great Harris. I I don't I don't think it's a it's a bad faction. The bears are obviously uh, meta defining if they exist in your meta. Um, but I just, I just don't think it's particularly fun. And so that's, that's your faction too, or is there another one that you had it? It honestly, like, it, it feels like a cop out to say same. Yeah. But I've had no desire to play them, uh, as well. And I have all of Ariadna. Mm -hmm. I mean, as do I, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. They just, they just don't excite me. I, I am excited by the Zenit, uh, Ford Observer AP Sniper. That's, that's fun. I that's a cool it. profile. But I can play that in vanilla. Um, yeah, I do need to play attack so I can abuse some Carmen and Batard, but that's a that's a thing too. Um, so really quickly, actually, I wanted to explain a little yeah, bit what yeah, I'm doing here. So the one of the things I really love about this new Vallejo paint is the way it reacts differently to different mediums. Um, and what by that I mean, I can use water to get one effect with it, and you can use the the actual medium to get a different effect with it. So what I've been doing a lot of lately is actually heavily watering down the paint uh, to paint with, and it gives a much more transparent uh, overall effect, right? So it looks more watercolory, which is how I want these Moonstone miniatures to look. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can obviously paint like straight out of the uh, out of the container, um, and it will have a very different look like you can get very rich colors or you can get very desaturated colors which you normally can't get desaturated colors very well with contrast style paints um and here i'll give i'll give a quick example of a difference right so that's using um those uh diluted paint right and then here i want to paint the armor of this kaisotsu and i'm just going to use it straight out of the out of the pot and so right. that was that was diluted with what again? Just with water. Okay. Oh so wow, you... that saturation level is significantly different. Right. You probably want to switch to manual focus on your camera. Yeah, let's do that really quick. Okay, right here. I believe in you. Anyway, while you're fussing with that, um, so Santa Thematic asked for tips on brush care and cleaning. Um, I mean, the simple one is don't get anything in the ferrule. That's a that's a thing that you shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's 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 look at uh, let's look at that. Right. So here here's a here's a brush. Right. So you don't want to get any paints into the metal part effectively. Um, once you do that, yeah. you end up, the paint gets locked in there and will dry. And then you get a brush that ends up looking like this, right? Which is Lissad and you don't want that. Um, so the way you avoid doing that is don't get too much paint on there, right? And so one of the things you can do is use a larger brush than you might think to use, right? So you could, like the tip on this is actually pretty reasonable. This is a size four. I mean, you probably don't need to use a size four for most things, but um, like a size two, is usually what people use for most. Is this a size two? Yeah, here's a size two for, for scale. So um, mechanical pencil for scale, 
right? So this is a size two. Uh, you don't need those like itty bitty brushes that GW wants to sell you for like painting eyes and stuff. This is what I use to paint eyes. Um, yeah. And and uh, the reason why is because the the more bristles holds more paint, right? So that's helpful. Um, and and that allows you to load paint on the front part of the brush and not the part near the back with the uh, with the um, with the ferrule, which is this metal thing, um, which holds all the bristles in. The other thing that you want to do is wash it often, right? So uh, especially if you uh, you know are gonna uh, pause for a little bit. Uh, and then finally, as far as cleaning is concerned, uh, you can just get yourself some brush cleaner. I this is I think the the label has faded on this so i can't actually read it anymore and if i try to scrape it off right now it'll take like 20 minutes but i think yep, it's absolutely. made by bnj is the company um but it's it's just brush cleaner and i've had this for over a decade now and it's like i'm not even close to done with it but basically the way you do it is you take your brush you wet it i've got a little bit of water on the other end and then you just run it through here I mean, this is a clean brush so you won't see any paint come off of it but you can see like old streaks of paint maybe from other brush cleanings. And then you just really get all the paint out. And you do this a few times until you until it comes out clear. And then you you just wash the, the paint off and then you uh, work it to a point. Um, and then you put it away with the uh, with the little like plastic cap thing if you if you have if you didn't lose it like I lost mine. And that will that will take care of your brush for quite some time. Your your brush will eventually wear out, right? It's unfortunate, but it's a you know it's a consumable item. Um, so just make sure. sure you have a few extras, but it should last you at least a year if you take good care of it, if not longer. Okay, back to back to Keitsotsu time. Let's say one year is a short. I've had my seven series for probably six years. But all right, so if if you didn't go to art school like me, you're you should expect your brush to last a year. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. Uh, so back to the Keitsotsu, we can see like the saturation difference. Yeah. I'm gonna put, right. uh, and that's just water. Yeah, that's impressive. And but like it still gets the the you know the shading and the recesses mm -hmm, mm -hmm. effect that you want. Um, so yeah, I really really appreciate that aspect of the paint, and then it's also pretty easy to go in and add more to areas if you want to build up layers. Mm -hmm. Right, so I can go in and build up some of the, the wrinkles in her hat and like add a little bit more depth around here. Right. Just by adding in a little sure. bit more. Yeah, just to define the detail. Yeah, a little bit more pigment. Yeah, that looks really nice. And I get her kind of a, a red bonnet and then because it's water so because it is water soluble you can kind of blend it back out with a little bit of water mm -hmm. you know you're not reactivating the layers underneath it it was an issue with the first wave of um of the uh the speed paints but yeah so that's a really fun i just really just have a lot of fun painting this stuff so to show another difference you can see so you can add water to get this kind of more watercolory paint. It works like a color filter almost. But like if you want like a lighter shade. Like a glaze? Kind of like a glaze, yeah. That's kind of what I do. It's actually like the closest thing to describe what I'm doing is watercoloring. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Especially because a lot of times I'll actually get the surface wet first um, and then start introducing the color to it. Mm. And that's that's a technique for watercoloring. Um, but it lets me just build up these nice layers. There we go. Right. So now that Bonnie, you can kind of see mm-hmm, the effect mm-hmm. I'm going for. Um, yep, I'm a, I'm a brush licker. So if you wanted to get like a lighter shade of a color, that's something else you can do um, out of the pot, right? So here we have Coral, right? And I would like his his hat. I really like the black that's in here. It's a very blue-black um, paint. But I don't want to go straight out of the pot because out of the pot is super black. Mm. But so I you want, really got to water it down. Well, but I want I want it to glaze more like the um, more like the the regular uh, express paints, right? So you can you can dilute with two two different mediums, right? You can dilute with water, okay, or you can dilute with the actual medium itself. Ah, yes. So if you buy the Express Paint, it should come with um, Express Medium. Yeah, so there's the, the medium. Oh, you got it. Right? right? And so the medium is actually going to turn it into a lighter shade, but it's going to keep all of its properties, mm. if that makes sense. So this is something you you probably can do just fine with other contrast paints, right? So um, So I guess is it like adding white? Is that kind of the... What you're doing with the medium there? It's it's like adding the um, whatever your base color is, right? Because whatever the color in the background is going to show through more. Oh, I see. I see. Right. So see how instead of coming out black now, yeah, I get this really cool blue gray out of it, but it's still covering differently than the watered down one because the watered down one stays on the high surfaces more. Hmm where this is going to have more of that contrast quality to it and um, recede more from the high surfaces. Can, so, can you use Citadel contrast with this stuff, or will that summon a demon? Kilpatrick wants to know. So the, the short answer is I don't know. Um, but I can tell you from using the two of them, I would be surprised if they were, I mean, you could, they're not oil-based. You can mix them, right? Mm-hmm. Um how usable that will be, I don't, I don't know. I'd be curious to find out. It's a different formulation, too. So it is. So I'm not sure what that would. I mean, do I'm sure there. it'll work. I just don't think you'll get the same effect here, right? Like it's not going to make it change colors or something. Yeah. But so this way, I can get keep the contrast effect happening with a lighter tone. So it's basically. Do you want more contrast effect or less contrast effect? So less contrast effect, you use water. More contrast effect, you use medium. Yep. Mm, so I like see. Can... I see. Yeah, and like you we... and you had to work in some more um, actual paint on the on the red bonnet to get that kind of detail. Yep. As well. Yep. I see. I see. So it's yeah. This is this is honestly what I love about it is that it is a very flexible paint. Um, now I'm I'm pretty sure 
from my understanding of contrast paint is that you can't really water down contrast paint very well. Like the GW uh, one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, I had, a, I, had a, I had a really awful time with contrast paint. I'm, I'm not good at painting, so I'll preface with that. Um, but like, I just couldn't make it work for me. And so I, I got rid of it all. No, this is honestly my favorite line of paints now. I will probably seldom go back to, I guess, traditional painting. Um, yeah, I have a whole rack of it here. I'm excited to start messing with it. Because this is because the this is good things. Sorry, I'm I'm excited to try it. I just haven't. I've I finally put together the paint rack that I was going to use it in, and that was like a big barrier to entry for me. It's just like having. Oh them all sure, having it organized. Reach. Yeah, exactly. I actually got a um a paint case off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's for tattoo ink. Tattoo ink is actually. In, Oftentimes it looks like in the same bottles. It makes you wonder if that's where, um, possibly where they got their, uh, their bottles from. Right. Mm-hmm. Question. Are you using a web palette with this? Yeah. Gotcha, there gotcha. it is. Oh, okay. Those are my colors so far. So you're literally yeah. just blooping it out and that's it. Yeah. So you can see here, like the way that kind of works more like a glaze. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Oh, this yeah, is great because like... I'm like freaking terrible at glazes. So this is like oh, easy it's mode. super. So that this is what I love about this stuff is that it doesn't. Like, look, that's basically all water now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And no point in time does it break down. That's amazing. That to me is just like ten out of ten. Like right there, it is wow. a perfect, the perfect glazing. Um. Yeah, perfect for glazing. And here's you can see the contrast paint. That's, that's see how that keep stays very contrasty. Is it wait? That's what do you mean? So this is so not contrast. Um, this is just the express without a- added water. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So this is with added water. This is without. Uh-huh. And you can see it up here, kind of around the, I guess the the meniscus. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Like it stays. Yeah, like where you lifted your brush, there's still a big blob of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I to me this is the the, the perfect paint actually. I take that back. If they came out, if they came out with a set of single pigment, Vallejo Express. Oh yeah, you. Like yeah, that's my that's my mind. holy grail. <laughs> you lose your mind. <laughs> I would lose my mind. Um, okay, so I want to talk about this skin a little bit, right? Yeah. So it's a pretty. I'm going to start by getting the surface a little bit wet. Okay. You're out of focus, by the way. Oops. That's uh, right, because I changed it for. There you go. Perfect. Um, I'm going to start by getting the surface a little bit wet. And this is just straight water? Yeah, but just straight water. If you've ever watercolored, nope. This is, (laughs) right? Like, this is what you do. Um, And that's because I want this to have a girls run art school. Yeah, right. I want this to look like a watercolored effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you? You know, the it's funny, like a lot of times when people ask like how you I weather things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like the best way to do any effect is to do the real thing. Sure. So it's like, oh, I want this to look watercolored. Well, why don't I just watercolor it? Makes sense. <laughs> um so I'm gonna use a little bit of the their flesh tone. And then I want to get a little bit of purple out for the recesses. Mm, okay. 
just to get the vein color going? No, it's actually more of a um, a little bit of green. It's more more of a stylized mm. idea. Okay. Um, so these models are very heavily influenced by Brian Froud, um, who is the the person whose art was behind um, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. the art director for all those, um, and so to kind of get that effect, I kind of looked at some of his artwork to see how um, how he just treats color. You know, it's not really specifically a shading thing as much as it is a building building layers and value. All right. So while you're working on that, here's uh, here's some Brian Froud stuff. Yeah. So you can people know what they're what we what we're talking about. Frank wants to know if he was personally responsible for David Bowie's codpiece in Labyrinth. I think so. I think so. Um, I think the little bit of trivia that I remember correctly is that um, Toby, the baby in Labyrinth, is Brian Froud's son. Oh. And oh. Toby Froud went, or not Toby, Toby is the baby's name. I don't remember what his name is. Could be Toby. Um, he went on to carry on his dad's work and do the updated, the new Labyrinth series that was on Netflix. Mm, very nice. He must right. be justifiably proud of his work. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> uh, well played, well played. Okay, so I got a little bit of the browns worked in here from the flesh. Yep. It's pretty light. You can start seeing... That it's going more towards a fleshy tone. Yep, yep. Um, and now, because I am crazy. Oh, that purple is lovely. So this purple is a very. Um, it could be a single pigment. It looks a bit like dioxazine purple. So I'm just going to work in some of that purple into the deeper recesses. This is Again, where I'm the shadows using, would go, basically, is what you're doing. Yeah, I'm just using very watered down. Maybe around the neck a little bit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Throw over the eyebrow. I want to soak it up a little bit so it doesn't pull up too much in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another so thing the... you can do. You can use a brush to soak up excess paint. Sometimes I use a, a dry brush nearby that uh, to do that if yeah. I make a mistake. And then I'm going to take a little bit of this green. Okay. Um. Again, similar thing. I'm just gonna thin out. This like, is also watered down. Yeah, look how clear that glaze is. Like that's so nice. Just use that to again, just to get some additional hues. Even the ears a little bit. Okay. Fair enough. Just some really light color variation. Yeah. It looks really nice. You know, like one of the things like looking at a lot of like Brian Froud artwork is that like it's very seldom that his characters just have like, you know, peach skin. Sure. Like what a boring color just to do skin as a flesh color out the pot. So to uh, let me get a little bit of pink. Actually, I want to put a little bit of pink on the tip of the nose. 
All right, well, while, um, you, while you get that ready, uh, we got some more questions. <laughs> One is from Monk Brian. When are we going to go visit PJ in Houston? Jeez, uh, oh, that's a good question. As soon as I can is the answer, but I don't know I was when that say, will be. Like, Lauren and I would like to, um, yeah. but you know, Texas keeps passing all these laws. Makes me not want to give them my my dollar bucks. Well, yeah, nothing PJ can do about that, though. I know that's true. But uh, yeah, we were actually just in Houston, flying through on the way to visit Sharon's folks. But I wasn't able to leave the airport. Apparently, there's a lot of construction going around IH right now. So, oh, so oh well. But maybe maybe I'll, we can we can have a mandate to go to Houston or something. That'd be fun. It'll be a good time. If you guys if you guys throw a big tournament, we're more likely to come. How's that? Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, other other questions we have are uh, let's see, um, what's the next hobby hill, i.e., what's the next big project uh, you want to tackle or um, a technique you want to work on? Doesn't have to be any crazy anything crazy. Just curious. Um, <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to paint my moonstone. Uh, yeah, I I want to continue painting my infinity minis. I want to do all this terrain stuff. Um, I have some, I mean, there's that table I talked about earlier. Uh, and then I have these, I have this grandiose plan, uh, of, of, uh, making a, a, a floating Island table. Uh, that's going oh, yeah. to be crazy. Uh, I don't, I don't know how feasible it's going to be. Cause there's just so, there's just so much like actual structural engineering that needs to go into it. And like, it's just like, there's no time ever to do any of these things. <laughs> But, um, okay. So really quick, they've gone in there and added a bit more um, pink in there, and so now we're starting to build up some interesting shades. Mm-hmm. But the next thing to do is to actually go back and bring back in the highlights, some more of the highlights. Mm. Um, so like when you watercolor, you tend to get a lot of the base color showing through. So what I'm using is I'm using uh, Vallejo Ivory. There it is to go in and just very carefully you know, pick up some high edges like you would highlighting anything else. I'm using the same highlight color on everything, basically. And that's something I re- I've really enjoyed doing lately. It gives a, um, you know, even on, on a non kind of fantasy miniature, it gives An interesting effect. Like if you use the same shade of you know any color to highlight everything on the same model. Right? It starts tying all the tones in with each other. Hmm. So this is like one of the only places that I use non non express. Yeah. And I'm using so I'm using Vallejo Ivory um, because this is this model is painted. I want it to have that kind of off white paper color to the look of it. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I'd be using this right here, which is oh, my my favorite white in the world, which is Prima Prima Titanium White. It's sure. a pain in the butt to get get the United States, so I ordered a bunch. <laughs> I go through this. I use this for everything. 
And this is like a this is you know a real titanium white, real titanium white artist paint, <clears throat> which is like super thick and creamy. Mm-hmm. But not using that right now. Using the ivory to give it a more to give it a more warm tone. Sure. She's coming together. Yeah. yeah. To talk about that that table that I um had plans for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you you're insane. You're, yeah, you're, so you're... I, I really want to do this. I think it'd be really fun to sort of merge two of my favorite games. So I want to do a Jinteki theme table. So Jinteki from Netrunner. Um oh, sure. And the idea would be that Yujing has found a planet with floating islands and they've established a research base there. And so what I would do is I would use the Trapper um, Biotech or the Fade Light range, whatever you want to call it from Brutal Cities, because it looks prefabricated and quick to deploy, right? So the idea is that um, you have all these like very organic um, floating islands with like waterfalls and stuff. And that's actually like the way I'm thinking about hiding the support to hold it up, like hide it in the waterfall or like a root system coming down. Right, something like that, um, and like these kind of like clear, clear plastic, uh, like Quonset hut looking things would just like be in various places with like the big Kentucky tree logo on it, um, yep, and yep. then the uh, the Buzz Lightyear. Um, I mean, sure, Kentucky could be JSA. It's 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 not really. I'm not like super fussy about it, I guess, uh, but then I want to use those Buzz Buzz Lightyear ships like docked with an island oh, like sure. floating in space, which would be really neat. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, and then I'm going to add uh, teleport pads, which are part of the, like in, in addition to the, like the, just like the stuff that they're exploring on the floating island, there are old alien teleport pads that just exist. That That's how you get from island to island and from the ground floor all the way up to the top. So you walk onto it, you short skill and you poof appear at the other place. That would be rad. I've wanted to, I've wanted to build like a, um, a uh, Unreal tournament table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like respawn pads or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that'd be pretty fun. Um, it'd be it'd be a neat little a neat little trick to, uh, to to do. And I think it'd also be fun to, to like teleport mines, right? So you can deploy a mine in it, then hit the console and like teleport the mine out. It'll be pretty pretty neat too. So all kinds of all fun. kinds of fun stuff you could do. That'd be really fun. Yeah. So that would be a, a nice a nice thing to 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 tackle over a long period of time. Uh, I have to do a lot of planning. But the other thing that I I really want to look at is one of the things I really like about this ice table at um, uh, Shiv is that I I. I it, Jeff told me, but I forgot who did it now, so apologies. Um, but it's uh, it's the Comanche Warsenal terrain, right? But what they've done, whoever did this, was they've embedded it in, you know, just like foam, either insulation foam or like spray foam or something, um, mm-hmm. and then painted it all up. And one of the really annoying things about the Comanche terrain is just how fiddly it is to set up all the damn time. 
uh, and you end up like losing all the stupid little extra walls and stuff on the octagon thing, and it's oh, just sure. like it's just like miserable to to connect it all up, and then you end up scratching your paint job, and it just looks it just, you just frustrated the like the entire time. Uh, and then also like there's all these questions about lines of fire when you get down near the bottom of it, right? And it's like, am I in cover or not? I can can I see you through this gap? And so I'm trying to find a good picture of this. Yeah, so this is like a good one, right? So there's no question about whether or not this Hellcat is in cover, right? Because yeah, like I you know, there's a big freaking rock there, uh, and so that just like makes sense and feels good. Um, and I, I really like that about this terrain and, you know, you don't always, you don't actually have to put all the walls on there either. Right. And like some of them can still be removable if you want to connect some of these components up together. And so you can have the best of both worlds. So that's something that I want to tackle with my, with my tables as well. Um, and I think that'll be, that'll help set up a lot because those are the, I take those tables only to, I only really break them out for Rose City because in every other scenario, they're just like an absolute nightmare to set up. And unless I'm like at home. <laughs> And playing with like a friend who's willing to help me set it up, and then like we were there for like four hours, we're just like chilling and having a couple of beers. I just like don't want to do it. Um, so this would be this would be a nice way to do it. Like one of the nice one of the lovely things about the Ariadna table is that I'm sorry the the airplane table is that it sets up so easily, and it's one of the few tables that uh, like literally anybody can set up. Um, sure, sure. Right, you just sort of like throw it out. You like put trees on this, and then people are just like okay, and they just do it. Right, you don't even have to play infinity, and you put trees down. Like it's a playable table. Uh, and then you know I'm gonna go with the with the tree theme. So being able to work some some trees into the various bases, which will be nice too. So I've got plenty of broken uh, broken trees that have like come off their base and stuff. So things like that would be really nice. Yeah, so here we have, it's kind of hard to see, I guess. Boo. But I've kind of been working in the, the pinks. Well, if, you, the... if you take a picture with your phone and text it to me, I can show it. Ooh, nice. Look at us using all the technology we have. Yeah, right? We live in the future. Next, we'll have a flying car. Flying cars actually exist already. They're just kind of annoying. Use <laughs> and very inefficient. I'll see what other what other what other questions we got going on while we settle this. Um, ba, 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 ba. <laughs> what other games are we gonna waste money on? Uh, that's from Nate. He's looking at pretty thirty-eight millimeter models in Conquest. Um, well, I don't know. I've already I've already bought into Obsidian Protocol, so I don't need to spend any money on that. Bushido is probably the next thing I'm gonna spend a bunch of money on. Uh, and then what I really need to do is I need to get back to developing uh, Jovian Wars. Like, whoa. Uh, oh yeah. Like that's something that I, I desperately need to do. So uh, Jeff over at Shiv Games got distribution set up for Bushido. It's true. I have so much stuff, and thanks to Nick who, uh, you know, who of course got that for us. Um, that was pretty pretty rad of him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I Jeff I had Jeff order me the um, the cult. Uh huh. Cult of your eye or whatever. Oh sure. The, the undead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just wanted something a little more magical. Right, there we go. Cool. So you just kind of start to see the layers getting built up, and they're using the the bone color over the uh, over the glazes. 
yeah, I really love these paints. That looks really good. Is that sculpted in detail on her frying pan, or is that just like primer? Oh, flakes? that was me chipping off a little piece. Oh, on purpose. Yeah. Nice. So it's it's so well seasoned that there's a giant chip in it. It's just lard. Exactly, just lard. Yeah, it's just like you've you've cooked the steak and all the butter and the butter is just congealed there. Yeah. Oh man. So I'll send you a, a picture of the bonnet in a second here. Yeah. So that was again just me using this the the ivory. And then I'm just going back with the ivory again on the bonnet. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, just to pick out the thread seams, sort of. Yeah, kind of where those two pieces met, and I wanted yeah, to yeah, emphasize yeah. some additional contrast. Then maybe I'll pick out some of the, the highlights here. Very nice. Yeah, this paint is... I, I need to, like, take a week off from work and just paint or something. Jeez. <laughs> That ain't happening though. It's just it's just so much fun to use. Like this is this is why I was excited about it. Yeah, I was sure. watching the videos. Um, yeah, and... I'm, I just I haven't even had time to look at videos and stuff. I just when Jeff got it, in, I was just like, I'm gonna get it because I think what I told them is I need to paint paint minis so they look bad faster. <laughs> <laughs> so they look bad faster. Yeah, right. They look bad already, but I'll make them look worse. But it'll be even faster than it was before. Take that. I think so for me it's really a lot of it lets me paint the way I like to paint sure yeah I can imagine somebody like hating these paints because they're just like they don't they don't just like do the thing that I want which is like monochrome because I, that's what I want for my for my nerf gun army or whatever but right you know, like, it's, it's it's all art you, you can enjoy what you enjoy I mean yeah I, I used to I mean I used to paint not miniatures sure right and like knowing how paint works and functions mm -hmm. i mean it's all it's all chemistry right but it all just it's all just different properties about translucency and sure the thing is like artist paints when you open them out of the tube are super dark yeah they're super dark because they're super translucent with with a shitload of pigment mm-hmm So you got to like work it down basically. Yeah, exactly. So here, I'll go ahead and send you uh, a better photo of the back. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Any other questions from chat for us while we're, while we're hanging out? Trolley or otherwise. Set up my photo background really quick. Oh yeah. You gotta, you don't want it to be an advertisement for Citadel products. No. In the background. I will say though that this paint cup thing is actually pretty rare. I have been, the Citadel paint cup. Yeah, I've been enjoying mine a lot because um, it has there's like uh, there's raised fins at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, your your paint your paint water is a little dirtier than mine, so maybe you can see. Yeah, so you can see you can <laughs> see the fins at the bottom, and then there is uh, it is uh, we've got these little like grooves in there, so you can you can. Uh, Get a, a a brush tip back effectively. Let's go. That's what's going on yeah. there. But yep. 
How often do our significant others hang out to vent about us? Very rarely. Uh, we, we don't really get a chance to do that very often, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> having, it turns out that each of us having kids is a, a big damper on our ability to hang out. We only really see each other these days when we were actually like at the game store. It's just been I know, just right? a total game night and, and here. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, before before I had kids, there was it was a little bit more flexibility, but all of my flexibility is gone, and you never had anybody to begin with, right? So, so it ends up it ends up just being what we committed to already, uh, which is you know what we'll what we'll take. Occasionally, we see each other for lunch. Um, well, the the white balance on this photo is all jacked up because it thinks that my bone color is white, so I'm not going to deal with it. But it'll give you an idea of the behavior of the paint, at least. Sure. Which is more important. Come on. Like this to me just feels, this is what, this feels like painting to me. <laughs> like this is how I want to do it. Yeah. So again, like I feel like that feels very watercolory. Mm. Um. So yeah, the other great thing about this paint is that you can go over it very easily with white. Yeah. So I can go back. You can see like behind the ear there, I painted a couple of the ruffles in that red. And I want the ruffles to be white on her hat. Got it. So I'm just going back over right now with some of my ivory and Covering it right up. Yeah, that didn't take very long. We've been what doing this for like hour and a half now. Most of that time was taken up by the the usual like boilerplate at the beginning of the show. Yeah. So you've been with this probably what like forty five minutes? You think? Yeah, and I'm I'm going kind of slow. Yeah, because you're you're talking through the process. This is actually pretty pretty interesting to see it come together so quickly. Usually it doesn't. I'm usually still blocking out colors, and you're already getting a bunch of like shading in there. Yeah, shading and pre-shading. It works really well um, with uh, um, pre-shading and zenith sure. primer. Uh huh. So I like to do. Um, you know, these models I did with a bone mm -hmm. color, but usually on my other models I'll do. Um, what color is it? It's Panzer. Panzer gray. Um, yeah, Panzer gray instead of black with a, a white or a near white, a very light gray mm -hmm. over the top. Um, that has to work really super well. So let's see here, and that's what I. So the pans are gray with the uh, with the white over the top is what I had for my JSA a second ago. Oh sure, yep, mm -hmm. makes sense. So what are you doing so now? So this, so I'm gonna paint her apron now, and this I'm actually painting with both, um, water and medium in it to dilute it. What? What happens then? You've crossed the streams, right? You can't do both. Because I want it to get on the tops of the surfaces a little bit, but I also don't want it to be as rich as this green normally is out of the pot. Mm. 
So you kind of so, get a mix of both effects effectively? Yeah. So it kind of gives it this more dingy green look. Now it is kind of pooling on, on race servers or like. So, yeah. So you figure that if, if uh, the medium is trying to make it pool on the, the low surfaces yep. and water kind of cancels that. So I'm weakening the pooling on low surfaces. So it's going to pool less on low surfaces. It might pull up more on higher surfaces. Mm hmm. And then what do you do then? You just sort of like pull pull it off. I blend it out. It has a long work time for mm -hmm. a paint. I've noticed. Um, that's good. So I'm going, yeah, and like even when I first started, like this isn't even close to dry yet. Mm -hmm. So I go in here and start working it out a little bit more. Working out there, and some of those areas I'm going to go back over with that ivory, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but now I'm kind of getting that dingier look on the apron. And, you know, put a little more pigment in the areas I think are going to be more shadowy. Gotcha. Um, I love this paint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to try it. <laughs> it's been too long since I've actually had a moment to paint. I think it's been like over a month now. Yeah, and I will say this this video is not sponsored in any way by Vallejo. I had to buy these paints from Jeff. Although, if Vallejo wants to sponsor us, we're all ears. Yeah, if they're watching, yeah. they like your paint. Uh, yeah, I actually would be more than happy to to take your take your dollars or your free product. <laughs> but yeah, we're not we're not Angel Heraldes, so they're not going to give us a whole paint rack. I know, right? I mean, like talking like that. That's just so that's so funny, right? When he's when he's on his uh, when he's doing his videos and stuff, there's just like a huge freaking Vallejo paint rack in his in, in the right, background right, the of the commercial video. Paint rack. Yeah, then, then he's like, "Oh, I need I'm out of this color." We just whoop. I, all right, we're good. I've got like six more in this in this in this rack, ready to go at any given moment. Goodness. Cool. So that's coming along. Yeah. Come on this way. This way. Yeah, like and these sculpts are just so much fun too. Yeah, I mean Moonstone is a is a pretty great game. I just there's just something about it that I've now that I've played Bushido and like trying to play Moonstone again, it's just it just feels weird to me. Um I think my major my my biggest complaint about it is that the movement drives me nuts. How how restrictive it is? Yeah, I'm just like I I'm not here to play chess. I'm here to you know have a little bit more tactical freedom, and I think that's why I love Infinity so much, is because um, it engages with me at exactly the level of detail that I'm looking for, right? Sure. Like I don't need to plan out the next you know two turns like I feel like I have to in Moonstone, where it's just like okay. I gotta, you know, do whatever the shift thing is. You shift an inch all the time. You're like, all right, I'm an inch away. I'm another stepping. inch away. Yeah, stepping. Yeah, sorry. There you go, stepping. Um, and infinity. I'm just like, I'll just spend another order and move another eight inches, and that feels just so liberating in comparison. Uh, and so you can sketch out these sort of uh, like tactical plays and line, lines of play in your mind uh, without, you know 
having to overthink it and get lost in that kind of detail. And that lets you, lets you think more deeply about your strategy for the next turn, as opposed to just like burning all of your brain cells, trying to figure out your movement. And maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe the answer is you just sort of like respond to the state as your turn starts. And maybe that's what you should do. But mm -hmm. the stepping is so important, I feel like, to to really be effective and set yourself up for the following turn that if you're not aggressively planning that out carefully, then then you're 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 at a you know, you're setting yourself for a loss. Sure, um, you can you can set yourself you can get yourself into combat or out of combat. Yeah. And so that's what I that's what I don't like about it. It's just it requires a little too much mental energy in a way that I mean, infinity requires a lot of mental energy too, but the ask from moonstone is unfun for me. Right. Interesting. Like there's a reason why I don't play chess competitively. Right. Like you, you think you'd think that I, I would. Right. But I it's just, it's just reading ahead is just too, it's, it's work. Right. Uh, it, Sure. Yeah, it's it, you're asking a lot, and like you want to play as kind of as as you know you, if you want to play as competitively as you can at a game. Yeah. Right. And think about all the opportunities that you're running into. Right. Right. There's a lot of uh, you could wing it at Moonstone and go pretty fast and play the game pretty easily. Right. Yeah. It's that it's that scaling up that gets challenging. Yeah, and I think maybe that's the thing, right? Like, I just, I, I have a hard time approaching um, approaching games without that extreme competitive mindset. Part of it is that I write up every game of Infinity that I play, um, and that means that, like, you know, I have to speak to the decisions that I made with some sort of plan, right? Right. Uh, otherwise, it's just, like, uninteresting to both me and the reader. Um, and so I have to think about these kinds of things. Uh, so I, when I approach things like Moonstone, I get really annoyed. And um, one of the things that I did notice was when we played the most our most recent game of Heavy Gear, and I sort of took pictures and I was like, maybe I'll write this up, and I haven't written it up. And the fact that I wasn't, I was only half planning on writing it up, was very liberating for me in that game. Um, mm -hmm. It also might have been also due to the fact that I was also simultaneously playing an Infinity game right next to it. Um, <laughs> but I think not having to over overthink it and like put my best foot forward and like because like the 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 you know in some ways when you write up a loss like people on the internet judge you when you make a dumb mistake right and even if they don't say anything you you know the judgment is out there um, like oh you idiot I never yeah made pretty that much mistake. like I'm saying as somebody else must be um, so like having that that freedom to to just be like all right well I'm just gonna dive this this uh, Ignis Gollum into your face and, and stab you with this lance because Eden is, uh, right. is fine. Right. I don't have to, I don't have to like justify the decision to myself or anyone else. Um, but I, I, I feel like with Moonstone uh, it's, it's like, a, like I, I can't get away from that competitiveness and that is a, mm. is a problem for me. Um one of the other things I, I guess is interesting is that like I I don't think I can play a game for just straight fun anymore, if that makes any sense. It's always for work. 
No, it's not. It's not that it's for work, right? I mean, Infinity in some ways is like legitimately work, right? Because there is hours of work that happen for every game because I have to photo edit and then write it all up, um, and yeah. then like talk about it on stream, uh, and then we discuss Infinity. You know, uh, I guess semi-professionally now because we we do get quote unquote uh, sponsored, and 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 you know, CB does send us uh, demo copies of stuff. Yeah. Um, but as far as like playing a game just straight for fun, where like I like I'm not actively engaged in the improvement process, and I'm just there to sort of like roll dice and like watch the narrative that occurs, that I I just can't do that right now. And I think part of that is there's just so I mean like you know exactly how it is. Uh, there's just so so limited time for hobby, right? And yeah. so for me, when I'm engaged in the act of play, I'm looking for the reason that I'm there and the reason for that I'm there is, is to climb the skill ladder. And so I can't engage with a game that's like not for that. You know what I mean? Like either sure, I'm, either sure. I'm, either I'm climbing the ladder or I'm not playing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of where I am with Moonstone. It's like, it is, it, there is a ladder to climb. It is not one that I particularly enjoy. And so like those things together have like conspired to keep me away from it. Um. So yeah, I don't have know. all your fairies. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the the models are great. I I can't really say anything bad about the game, other than that you know there's aspects of that that I don't enjoy, but clearly other people do, and and there's room for that. So yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to getting in more games of Bushido too. Yes, I need to build more ninjas. Is is uh, the issue there? Build more ninjas. Build the actually, I got that in the ninja box. I'm excited for the Kitsune box to come. Eventually, I think I think uh, you know. Actually, if you're going to Gen Con, do pick me up a copy. Well, <laughs> if it's if it's there, uh, that would be I, pretty. I had already assumed that that was, I, I assumed that was a given. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I have to I have to satisfy the inner weeb. Right. <laughs> Frank is telling me that Nagato is literally a single piece sculpt, no assembly required. I still have to file mold lines and glue her to a base, Frank. There's still some assembly required. <laughs> I'm just, Sounds I'm just freaking terrible at assembling things because uh, it's just, there's just, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, it, it's just like the assembly space shares shares a desk with my work, and so it's it's hard to do that. And now I'm I'm back in the office like at least three to four days out of the week now. So it's even less time. Um, less time Boo. to do it. Boo, I said. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's nice to get out of the house, have a change of pace. But it does it does severely limit the amount of hobby time. Because, you know, back in the height of the pandemic, it was one of those things where it's like, well, I'm in a boring meeting. Uh, I can I can at least, you know, slap some paint on this model or assemble a few things. And then meeting's over. I can go grab some lunch with the family and then... Uh, and then start the next meeting. But now it's just like meetings all the time where I have to pay attention and I have to go into work to like physically manipulate things that cannot be manipulated remotely. So you have to pay attention to the meeting and they're boring. I do have to pay attention to the meeting. That's what happens when you get promoted <laughs> to being a manager, right? You have to, you have to make decisions. Um, <laughs> unfortunate, but, but true. Thankfully, yeah. I, I do enjoy parts of the job, so it's all good. 
But yeah, any any other questions coming in from chat about things that you might want to know hobby-wise, otherwise, sort of like a Reddit AMA-style thing? Anything about before? this paint? Yeah, anything about the questions about the paint? That I just love... It's... Yeah. Yeah, if you... If you... If you paint not miniatures, mm -hmm. I think this paint will will definitely tickle your fancy. Yeah, it's kind of cool to see the progression in paint technology as well, right? Um, yeah, sure. Because this just wasn't around before, and it wasn't accessible to people like me who didn't go to art school and don't know what they're doing and sort of have a very rigid and formulaic approach to painting, right? So like when I first got into painting, PJ was my mentor um, and he turned me on to the Reaper paints, A, because, you know, he, he likes the company a lot and he, he knows a lot of people there, uh, but B, uh, they sell paint in triads, right? So uh, yeah. let, let me grab a triad and you'll see. Uh, They're basically a highlight wash kind of setup, right? No, no, not even. It's 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 a little more. It's it's not quite quite GW levels of, of uh, you know, do all that stuff. Well, let's see, desk cam. Yeah, so here we go. So this is a uh, this is for uh, dark skin, right? So maybe you can see, but basically there's three colors, literally called dark shadow, dark skin, and dark highlight. So you base coat with dark shadow, you highlight with dark skin, you highlight again with dark highlight. So for a, you know, a non-artistic dumb engineer like myself, it was really easy to just, oh, I should probably change the camera over. Yeah, so there's <laughs> dark shadow. I, I can see it on my screen, so I thought I was showing it already. Uh, dark shadow, dark skin, and dark highlight, right? So it's literally just three bottles you buy and you just highlight up the triad and they come in all kinds of things, right? So there's like a, there's like color ones you can get uh, that I use all the time. So like there's uh, let's see, yeah. So here's here's the one that I use for blue, right? So there's there's a sky blue, sapphire blue, true blue, right? And that's just a, a triad of blues as well. And you start with the with the dark one, you highlight up, um, and and it just made it easy for me to paint, right? Because I didn't have to mix like mixing paints was just like so foreign to me and i was just like what do you mean you mix paint mixing paint seems so like then you never get the same thing back right like how do you how do you replicate things like it's so uh, inefficient yeah it's so inefficient right like i just want i want the i want the paint from the bottle that i don't have to think about but now that i'm like sort of i've grown in my ability to express myself artistically that i i can i've started mixing paints and and looking at different shades and stuff and uh, I just I just don't have the the training or the eye for it, and having a like a, a new tool now, where I just add water or add medium and it does it you know the, the thing that I need, um, is the right amount of like recipe following, um, that that I need to be successful. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited to to try it out. Uh, I was gonna do it today, but then I got caught up in a million meetings, so I could. I was hoping to actually like have some something you know cogent to say and useful to say about the paint, other than that I'm excited. <laughs> but uh, it is it is definitely uh, just looking at what you've done in the past, you know, 45 minutes or whatever uh, is is pretty indicative that I will also find it very helpful as a yeah, as a painting the, tool. One of the things I find myself doing a lot with it, yeah, is not being afraid to just like put a color somewhere. 
Yeah. Which is a weird thing to think about. What do you mean? Like, like try, know, try like, a color, you mean? Well, like, I don't know. I'm messing around over here and like, I'll dab a little bit of blue in this recess right here. Oh, I see. I see. You're like, what if the shadow was blue? Yeah, just to work out some shades. Hmm. And just experiment with a putting color in different places. Right. So instead of thinking about how do I shade down this brown area, right? It's more like, oh, I got a little bit of blue on my palette. I'll just slap a little bit of that in there mm. and blend it out, which again, like if you pull up some of uh, Brian Froud's artwork, especially if you look at like the fairy art. Yeah. Um, you'll see a lot of c colors in recesses that maybe at first glance are, you wouldn't think should be there. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can find. Yeah, and it's just kind of fun to work out. I decided to go with green hair for her. I don't know, just to feel a little different. She only has a little bit of hair showing in her eyebrow, her her mono brow. That's her kind of why the brow is the the green against the purple skin. All right, here's this. I don't know if this is the kind of example you're looking for, but how's this? Sure, sure. So if you look at the face, yeah, right? Yeah, zoom in on the face. Um, That's a perfect example. Like, look at the top of those. You've got those purples and blues in there. You've got the pinks and reds on mm -hmm. the tip of the nose. You have some green around the edges of the forehead. You even have some green on the upper lip there. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. And some on the bottom of the lower lip, looks like. Yeah. Yeah, it's just trying. It's just getting color in places and yeah. not being afraid to put put colors kind of everywhere. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Like now, I'm gonna kind of work some a little bit of reds into this. Maybe I'll do more pink into the the green of this. Uh, smock that I'm painting for her. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, let's see. Oh, we did get a question a while ago. Um, mm -hmm. So regarding a discussion about playing factions um, that is limited to give you a disadvantage. Right. So, for example, Ariadna uh, not having I like this, I feel like this sounds like dangerously close to the uh, the Panoceana complaining recently. Okay, fair enough. But I'm listening. But so so like um, yeah so yeah so the the question is like how do you uh, how do you approach that challenge and where might it not be worth overcoming? Right, so if your if your faction is either limited in unit selection, like Eden used to be, or um, you know you just don't have some access to some tools, like Toha and Ariadna aren't really part of the hacking game, really. Uh, you sure, can, you sure. can get it, but like it's a choice, uh, and you're definitely not gonna just have hackers falling out of your ass like no man's will. Like, how do you how do you approach that? Um, this is a question from yeah. For me, it's the, you look at the mission. Yeah. Right, the mission doesn't require hackers. 
You don't need sure. hackers, right? So, like, everything in the game is a tool to accomplish the mission. Yep. So, like, this, like, the fa- the idea, like, okay, is it a factional weakness that I don't have hackers? I mean, it is a, it is definitely it's a limitation of the of the faction. It just mm-hmm. means that you use different tools to accomplish the task. Infinity reminds me a lot of, honestly, it reminds me a lot of Photoshop. Okay. Stupid. Okay, but like, there is nothing more aggravating in the world than watching another person use Photoshop. Oh, because sure, yeah, because, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a zero percent chance that they yeah. use it the way you yeah. the way you use it. Yeah, for for me, it's watching somebody type in a Linux terminal. I'm just like, no, stop, stop doing that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right, like you're doing this wrong. Yeah, and it's actually offending me. Yeah, like this uh, this is this is physically painful. <laughs> right, like this leads to like all kinds of like t- uh, tension and frustration between Lauren and I working with each other. Yeah, because it's like okay, you guys both, both use the same tools, just yeah, in wildly all different the time. ways. Yeah. So it's like she'll she'll ask me like you know how do I knock out the background of this image, mm-hmm. right? And I'll tell her that you're gonna you know select all, copy and paste that into a mask, desaturate it, drive up the levels, invert the mask, and set that you know and there you go. Right. Right. <laughs> like, and she's just like, what did you just say? <laughs> right. And it's not that one of us is better at Photoshop than the other. It's just that we use the tools that are available entirely differently. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about Infinity, right? Like you watch somebody do something totally bonkers and off the wall and you're like, oh, all right. I guess that's the thing you could do. Wasn't expecting that, but sure. And yeah, so thinking about like, when is it worth overcoming an inherent faction weakness? Um, I would say when it helps you accomplish the mission. Sure. Right, which is such a stupid non-answer. Like, when should I do this? When it's good to do it. Um, but you know, like, like how much effort do you put into overcompl- you know, overcompensating for the lack of smoke in Panoceana? Like, smoke is a tool to help you maneuver, right? So, really, what you're looking for is how do I maneuver in Panoceana without using smoke? Mm-hmm. Right. And the answer is, you you know, at least in my experience, you use the big guns to shoot the things that you would be hiding in from with the smoke. Yep. Um, that's a very oversimplified solution to that. Well, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for uh, what you find joy in in the game, right? Because fundamentally, right, like we just talked about this and how I have a hard time playing a game, uh, engaging with a game casually because that's not why I'm playing the game. I'm there for self-improvement and self-reflection. And like, if I'm just sort of there to, um, to veg out and like hang out with my friends, I'd much rather, I guess, I guess that really is what, what, what it boils down to me, right? Like um, if you presented me with the choice of like, Hey John, do you want to come over and play Moonstone or do you want to come over and just like catch up over a beer? I would much prefer the second, right? Because I enjoy your company and I don't need it. Like, we're good enough friends that I don't need a distraction to hang out with you. You know what I mean? Right? Sure, sure. And so, so I get more, more value out of my limited time, like actually engaging with you as a human being directly, as opposed to like through the filter of Moonstone um, or sure, another sure. game of his, of his character. Right. Um, and so like, if I wanted to play Moonstone, I'd have to do it 
like very competitively, very focused. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel like I'm I'm getting a good efficient use out of my time. Um, so as far as like like using an Infinity uh, and Ariadne without hacking as an example, right? Just because this is just so clear cut and and very straw man, but like easy to discuss. If yeah, you, sure. If you don't like not having tools, you should not play Ariadne. Right, like if hacking is why you're there, then obviously play a different faction, right? But yeah, right. If, if I love yeah. camouflage. I'm gonna play more ads. Like right, yeah, the... exactly. It's like, well, you're in for a tough time, buddy. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I think that's really what it is. Like if you if you have to ask yourself, why are you here playing this game? Why are you here engaged in this game? Um, and if it's like I want to play high tech then do something else. If you're like, I want to solve problems laterally or with big guns or with stabbing things, then Ariadne is a good faction for you. Um, and I think the reason why you and I had a difficult time sort of coming up with a faction that we liked the least um, was because uh, we are attracted to Infinity because we enjoy problem solving with no stakes, right? Like problem solving yeah. professionally at your job is very stressful, um, and you know because like your your livelihood is on the line potentially depending on like what you're working on, or sure. like there's a big deadline or whatever, right? But in Infinity, like if you lose a game, all that's on the line is your pride, and that is not to say that's nothing, but uh, it's it's definitely <laughs> like less it's impactful. It's it's less it's less impactful than like losing your job, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And and so when we play the game, it's like, well, we want to be in a position where it's difficult because then we get to do something cool like by solving this difficult puzzle on the table, unpacking it and attacking it like in some way that we just thought of and it feels elegant or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, whatever word you want to use there. Um, and that's what draws us to the game. And so that's not why you're playing the game and you want to like, methodically win games and like use the tool that um you know is statistically great and uh maybe uninteresting to play but is consistent and and uh gets the job done which is i think why neither of us really are super enthused by cosmoflot because that is sort of what i see as a good archetype of that type yeah, of yeah. faction right like the Volkalak missile launcher does good things. It's really hard to kill, and it shoots stuff good, right? Like, is that you don't make you don't make any concessions? Yeah, right. It's just like okay, cool. Uh, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It does one thing very well, uh, and aside from that, it's just kind of uninteresting to play, um, and that's not fun for me and you, I would say. Um, and so, you know, it really like, again, it just really depends on what you're looking for. If you if you want nuance and you want to feel limited and that introduces a a new type of um problem solving opportunity for you then a faction with glaring weaknesses like having no access to an entire mini game of the game right like you know the hacking mini game uh right. is something that you might want to do so there's that i mean i think that's why i like playing the na2 faction so much yeah mm-hmm is that they're all missing something? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's why I, I really like NA2 as well. Uh, I've been gravitating towards them lately. I played I played Drews at a tournament. I played Forco. 
uh, and it is Forco. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it's just fun to be it's fun to problem solve in a lim- with limited resources, right? Like that's what I do. You know, that's what engineering is, right? Uh, but you know, now now it's just like there's no stakes again. Um, okay, so I did have a question from Grizzly Troll. I'm scrolling up to find it. Uh, buh, 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 buh. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to take a take a photo at the end. Just to show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, um, here's the here's an interesting question from Grizzly Troll about Nomad specifically. Uh, so okay. he says, I know you feel fielded this question many times actually, but things have changed since the last time you waited on the issue. I'm just curious what you think about Nomads, uh, specifically their top three strengths and top three weaknesses, and if those weaknesses are transmitted to the sectorials. Um, okay. So uh, I can I can answer this if you if you have any thoughts feel free to chime in, um, but as far as their I'll do weaknesses first their top three weaknesses I mean obviously I think the they try the, too hard uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes exactly um, weaknesses I mean a big one would definitely be uh, the lieutenant situation we did get the demoness observant. Um, which is significantly more durable and has a, a plus one lieutenant order. There's still no chain of command in the faction. So, uh, I mean, lieutenant, nomad lieutenants are incredibly obvious. Uh, and with the loss of the intruder lieutenant, that that was a huge deal, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, that was a big, big deal, losing that intruder lieutenant. I use, I use it not every every game, but enough that I, I missed the I missed it, uh, when, it, when, it when, when it left. Um, so, obvious lieutenants is a big deal. Um, not having chain of command is less of a deal, I feel, because uh, I'm very comfortable playing in Lost Lieutenant, probably because I started the game with Nomads. Um, and there's just so much flexibility in what they have. Um, yeah, so, so not having lieutenants is, 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 probably, is one of the weaknesses. Not having uh, uh, easily hideable or defendable lieutenants. I mean, some of them are more beefy than others, but you generally want to use them. Uh, you can always just throw a moderator lieutenant in there and you'll be fine. But uh, if you want to have like an uh, intervention lieutenant, like weird things can happen, right? Like you might cyber mask it. And then while you're cyber masking, the Dasu killer hacker pops out and blows up its brain, right? Because it's standing next to a Moran or something. Um, right. So that that sucks. Um, other weaknesses. I mean, it's it's hard to, to, to really point at other weaknesses. I mean, I feel like Nomads is incredibly... Um, full feature i guess it's just it's funny because i don't think i don't think the demon i think there are a lot of people give the demonist way too much credit it's fine it's fine yeah it's fine i it, it wouldn't it probably wouldn't make most of my lists yeah i mean me either i think the one criticism i do agree with is that it's non-characteristic for nomads right nomads are supposed to have kind of crappy lieutenants or obvious lieutenants or difficult to use lieutenants Risky to use lieutenants right? like a Kriza. Krizas die all the time. Um, and you I want feel to like use it's them. Definitely some of those things. Sure. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's 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 incredibly obvious. It's incredibly obvious, but I I guess the thing about it is that uh, you know you get lieutenant plus one, and that was sort of like a thing that nomads quote unquote shouldn't have gotten. That was like supposed to be for other factions only which is like all right sure i i agree with that because there's been a lot of 
Um, like it feels like CB is looking for ways to make things good and not for ways for looking, not looking for ways to make things bad. If that makes any sense, right? Like everybody got beast sure, hunters, sure. everybody got liberto. Um, those are amazing profiles. Basically, everything has them. Some it's like uh, white company has access to double beast hunter because reasons I don't know. Um, and so you know, like everything is just like buffing everything, and a rising tide lifts all boats. So it's not like there's any. Any faction that's like far and away, you know, made out like gangbusters or something. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure people have opinions to the contrary, but like, I, I think that sure, there's maybe some factions are slightly better than others right now, but um, not to the point where like a like player skill doesn't matter, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's a valid criticism to say that it's like not fluff accurate, um, but I mean, it's a game. I don't super have strong opinions about it. I guess it's fine. Um, I feel like it's so expensive. It is very expensive. Uh, you can do some slot compression with it. It works well with the Gator NCO list. Eh, it's it's fine. I'm not I'm not worried about it. Um, let's see other weaknesses. Uh, I mean, their camo game is on point. Camo game is very strong. Hacking game. I mean, they're like, a little light on MSV. They're they're they are. Not really. They have access to some excellent MSV units. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like they have any other significant weaknesses, which is weird. Um, really, the only one that I, I, the one that I struggle with the most is, is you know finding a lieutenant that I, either I just take a moderated lieutenant and I stuff it in a box somewhere, right? And I'm just like, eh, if you kill it, fine. Or I take a lieutenant that I'm actually expecting to use, and then I have to like think about it and be careful with it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so other other factions like you know Yu Jing just take the the Dao Ying plus one lieutenant order. It's sitting in camo somewhere, and it's powering like crit and a Sujan. So like there's you're not you're not like it's obviously the correct choice there, right? And you're not really making any concessions whatsoever. Uh, you're basically paying like was it like twenty something odd points to give crit three orders. Uh, yeah, it's right. like super affordable, uh, very good. Um, but with nomads, you know, you're just like buying an interventor or something like, or and, and there's that. Um, there's some like weird. Uh, I guess if we're really pulling for grasping for straws here, there's some weird like internal faction balance stuff that would be nice to see addressed, right? Like jazz, for example, uh, replaces an interventor. So period. Right. Yeah. Unless you want to, unless you want an interventor hacker lieutenant, uh, you should take Jazz in vanilla, um, because she comes with Billy, and uh, that's two orders for less points. Right. Which is just like yeah. what? Uh, I mean, she is worse than an interventor in terms of raw stats. Right. But eh, it's fine. Um, Not worse enough. Yeah, right, exactly. And then and then Billy, I just realized this the other day when I was like thinking about the triple Hellcat list I played a while ago. Billy is amazing because she lets you do the E Mauler repeater trick in one order. Right? Oh. Because usually what you have to do and I've I've I fucked this up in a turn in, in at Shit Show versus Brady, and thankfully he didn't punish me for it. But when you do it, you have to place the repeater first and then the E Mauler. Because if you place the emailer first and then you place the repeater, they can dodge clear the emailer, right? Yep. 
Um, and so I did it in the wrong order. But uh, with Billy, Billy is a repeater, you know, native, right? Like Pywell. Sure. Um, and you can dump out a, you know, so I guess they're EM mines now. You just roll up with Billy, dump out an EM mine, and then you can immediately hack, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really strong, and I haven't really been leveraging that, but I plan on doing that in the next game that I have them in, and I need to like mess up a tag or an HI or something. Um, so that's pretty rad. But yeah, so like some internal internal balance things uh, make me a little sad. I think all all factions have this problem though. Um, yeah, I think that's just part of vanilla. That's just part of vanilla. Yeah, but I mean, like there's just some there's some things that are just like so wildly. Uh, wildly uh, one-sided, like the jazz interventor comparison, that it just yeah. it's just a little annoying. Um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, there's, you know, there's always a couple of profiles that don't make any sense up until like the recent Moira update that were very hard to justify. Um, you can play them, but it's a choice now. They they make sense and they're fine. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't really know. It's it's hard for me to like come up with a bunch of um, a bunch of weaknesses for nomads because I'm a, I'm a nomad player and a huge nomad apologist. Um, but be honest, I, I don't really think they have very many. They're very well-rounded. Um, uh, so maybe it's time to move on to the strengths, right? So like one of them would be uh, that everything is a toolbox in a way that a lot of other factions are not. Most other factions have a lot of like single use models um, or like very optimized models that are very good at, very good at shooting or very good at, you know, um, hacking or whatever uh and and nomads have things like the evader who has an ap spitfire climbs things has good bs two wounds multiple armor like good armor and is also an engineer right Right. like that's amazing and it's like 30 something points very affordable super good uh jazz is ridiculous uh the zonautica hacker is ridiculous right like there are all these profiles that are excel at so many things uh, and are are cheap, right? Like they're significantly cheaper than other things and uh, other things, similar things in other factions. Um, like I was just thinking, I was just talking about this in a recent battle report about, um, you know, I've been playing all these all these triple Hellcat lists, right? So let's take a look at that. I actually happen to have the, the list up right here conveniently. Um, so here's the list that I played recently uh, at Shiv versus George and Eric. And in, uh, it's called Hard Boat because it is quite difficult to pilot. Um, but the, the list is uh, Moderator, Lieutenant, Puppet Master, Mine Layer with the uh, AP Marksman and, and Ford Observer Puppets. Double Hellcat, one Boarding Shotgun, one Spitfire. Robin Hook, mostly because I just wanted to mess around with her. Uh, double Moran and a Bandit, like the non-specialist profile, the 22-point like light shotgun guy. Um, and then group two is Jazz and Billy because we just talked about that. Um, Lemieux slash Armand, however you want to call him, uh, a, a FO Tachi, Tachimoto bot, um, a Stempler, another Hellcat boarding shotgun, a Morlock, and a Liberto. Um, and so I don't think this list or a similar one really works even in, like, say, Yujing, where you have access to, like, Quangxi. And the reason why is because um, you end up wanting, like, you have the AVA of Tigers. Um, which would be the equivalent, right? But they are like 10 points more-ish, and that's a big deal even with access to Quangxi. Um, and they come in on a lower Fizz. They come in on Fizz 12. Fizz 15 is a big deal. Um, and 
the support is a little different, right? Because Yujing is kind of like, Yujing sits in the middle between like combined army and nomads in that you can play them like you have uh, like a like a mega chonker unit like the Avatar. So if, like the Avatar equivalent in Yujing would be like, I don't know, the Sujan, let's say. So Sujan and Crit, that's like the Avatar kind of like big stompy thing that everybody's afraid of. Um, and then you like stuff it full of orders like Huangxi. Nomads, everything is just sort of like really good. Um, and so you can you can do this, but the difference is not everything in uh, Yujing is as flexible and usable without the Hellcats on the table, right? Or without the Tigers on the table. Um, so I kind of feel like in you in Yujing you'd want the Tigers to do more of the heavy lifting, and in Nomads the other stuff is capable enough to do it without them. Um, and so not only does that provide redundancy to your uh, your board presence because the stuff that you have on the table without the Hellcats is already good enough, right? Um, and it's everywhere, not just like a couple of powerhouse units like you would find in say like Yujing. Um, but uh, you know, and it's cheap, so you can get it everywhere. Like, you you just have it. So I think I think that's the that's the difference. Like the fact that the the support package available is more consistently useful, and you can get more of the more consistently useful stuff. And the Hellcats are cheaper, and the Hellcats come in on higher odds, right? Mm -hmm. All of those things are are very strong, um, and I think I think that's a big a big draw to Nomads right now. Um, and I'm never, you know, no one's going to argue that nomads aren't good. Sure. Uh, and then I think you know the the other thing is that they just have the the hacking the best hacking game, right? Um, you can combined and Aleph have better hackers, right? So you can better individual hackers. Yeah, yeah, right. So if you like look at it, the anamathematic pound for pound will like punk jazz, right? Sure, it'll happen, but. Uh, you can have Jazz and an Interventor and a Zonautica and a Zero, and then like that's not even like making a dent in your list yet, you know? Yeah, right. So it's a it's a very different perspective, I think. Um, so th that's the thing. As far, as far as like whether or not it it comes out into the the sectorials, I think the Nomad sectorials now are stronger than they have ever been. Um, I, they, I still like Vanilla more. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you there, uh, but I, I do think that uh, you know, especially Corregidor with Jazz. Like, oh, I, I think all of the Nomad tutorials now have access to all the Nomad tools. Everybody's got Smoke. Um, everybody's got uh, MSV2. Um, everybody's got White Noise, right? They've all got reasonable combat guys. Uh, some of them are, you know, A tier combat. Uh, like uh, they all have good shooting. So yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't think there's any any real weakness now. The Kunin is incredibly strong now with the addition of the Sin Eater uh, marksmanship. That is just insane. But anyway, so yeah, that's my what lighting. I, that's my what lighting I, here is picking up all kinds of texture that I can't even see on the model. Yeah. Okay, so. So yeah, let's go back to the <laughs> let's let's go back to uh, the uh, uh, the painting here. So yeah, I, I put up the, the 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 front shot for you. Yeah, there's a lot. 
So texture aside, where I don't know where that texture is coming from. That's so funny. It just must be the lighting and the texture of the paint. Um, let's go to one of the side views. Sure. There we go. <clears throat> so for the back, you can just see how much more like painterly this feels. Mm -hmm. Um able to use the translucency of the paint to pull the base color through so like especially on that hat and then blending in some blues into the red of the hat to give it oh, some sure like right right here yeah yeah behind the ear to give it some interesting shadows i've also mixed um some blues into the browns of the shirt okay so you can see that around the elbows yep 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 um a rolled up shirt and then also just using that the watered down instead of um instead of uh diluted with medium to make the the skirt the 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 kind of denimy blue mm -hmm. and then did you highlight up with ivory like you did on elsewhere no i see so what's that what's that gray almost that i'm getting on the raised parts that's from the dilution ah i see okay yeah so i only i added some more blue into the recesses on that and that's probably uh, what's fooling my eye. Yeah. And to making it feel more highlighted. Mm -hmm. But it. yeah, I, this paint, it, like I said, that looks to me, that feels so much like a watercolor painting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I put one more shot in there. There we go. A little bit less texture. Still some on the chin. Um, but yeah, just working the the blues and the browns and the greens all together. Mm -hmm. I made I use the, the the for the hair. I didn't dilute it as much, so it's a little bit more saturated for the eyebrows. Yeah, and yeah on the yeah. back of the head. She she uh, painted on her eyebrows that morning. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, and then also I think you can see it maybe in this picture the the first one around the trim of the feet. There we go. Just kind of using the blues on the brown there. What I'm, what are we looking at? For the like the rivet around the rivets. Oh oh, on the bottom of her. The bottom dress. trim. Yeah yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or the uh, the grays for kind of the metallic on the uh, on the pot and the uh, the skillet. Mm -hmm. or the the skillet and the uh, spatula. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I should have picked a slightly bigger model because it's such as a small model. Zooming in so far just makes all the. I mean, it looks good pop. though. I mean, the texture—the yeah. texture actually makes it makes it work. I think. Yeah, right? I'm like, happy with it. You would expect to see somebody with a caked-up <laughs> skillet have all kinds of like grease spatter on her apron, right? And that's kind of what that right. looks like. And then here, just to so that I can show that it does Solid colors well. I will go ahead and send you that guy so it's you now that it's dry. Okay. And so the Kaisutsu is gonna be like out of the pot. There we go. Yeah. Oh yeah, See, that looks a... fine. Right, really smooth, really rich. The shadow on there on the chest is actually from the uh, from the undercoat. Mm. 
Okay. So my my light is pretty much straight on here. Yep. Um. And yeah, you get that nice shadow on the undercut from the from the uh, the gray underneath mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Works really well. Looks really good. Yeah, I like these paints a lot. I'm enjoying painting in a way that I haven't in a long time. Very cool. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, if you so, I, I would say like it, I've tried, I've tried contrast paints when they came out because everyone had to try them. They were new, right? Like, what is this shit? Mm -hmm. um, and then I did Ari Painter, the the speed paints, mm -hmm. um, and now I've done the Express Vallejo, and the the Express paint just for me is is leagues above them they're they're more consistent than the contrast paints um they react better to water than contrast paints that was one of the problems i was running into when i was testing contrast paints is that they break with too mm -hmm. much water yeah i felt like i was just shoving puddles around when i was working with the contrast paint yeah it like big piles of yeah. big gloopy blobs um the fact that this reacts really well to both water and uh, medium is is huge for me. Um, yeah, you, uh, I painted the that whole ant army in like a week. Yeah, it looks great. So it's it does the, it does the job, and it's it it is to me it's more than just a speed paint, right? Mm -hmm. Like. You can actually work with it a lot. You can work at the tones a lot. Um, yeah, uh, I I I can't say enough <laughs> about them. Other than come out with a range of single pigments, so I can get my uh, you know the, my thaleo blues and greens. Yeah. I've got one pretty much a thaleo blue green, which is their snake. Um, yeah, I I want now. I want it to come in the colors that I know the names of. And then I'll be a happy camper. There you <laughs> go. You would. Right. Give them to me and then, yeah, just use a white and you're good to go. Perfect. Oh, and also, that's something I didn't even really show, but maybe I will later next time, um, is that you can mix the, uh, you can mix the speed paint with regular paints and it mm. works just fine. Okay, there you so, go. Um, I was mixing it with white for some contrasts or for some highlights. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Should Stuff like that. Light in the shade. Yep. Good shit. All right. Indeed. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. You've wasted another perfectly good evening listening to Late Night War Games. Yep. Uh, if you want to see us do more of these kinds of episodes, let us know. Write into mailbag at latenightwargames.com. Uh, with your comments, you can hit us up on our Discord. Our Discord's available at latenightwargames.com. The link is there. Um, yeah, like feedback. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Uh, we're more than happy to do these sorts of hobby streams and chill and talk about random questions from the audience. Uh, sure. Or we can continue. I mean, I'm more than happy to talk about uh, like approach to the game, heuristic optimization theory, like really get into the technical detail. Uh, I will break out. I uh, will break out a slideshow, right? So more than happy to do that kind of thing too. <laughs> is that uh, is that a promise or a threat? That is a threat <laughs> for you, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so anything like that, uh, you you let us know uh, what we are interested in. Um, if you if you like what we do, you can support us 
by uh, becoming a late night wargamer uh, on Patreon. Um, we're here every first and third Tuesday of the month, so we'll see you again in two weeks um, on on Twitch at 8:30 p.m. Pacific. We upload everything to YouTube and our your favorite podcast apps uh, the following day. Um, yeah, thanks to all of our existing late night wargamers and Twitch subscribers. Uh, and to our sponsors, DreamPod 9, Mythic Games, sorry, DreamPod 9, Shiv Games, Board, uh, Chorus Play, Board and Brew, and Brutal Cities. All right. Well, yeah, be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere, anywhere that you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Follow us on Twitch and YouTube. All of this will help us bring you the best content that we possibly can. All righty. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. Take care. Good night. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.